We are in. Cello. The Chris and Kyle Show. He's Chris, I'm Kyle. What up? Hey, people. Dudes and dudettes. What? Why are you looking at me like I, that? I don't, I don't like. I don't know. I just. I don't, You're looking at me there's weird. Certain words that I don't like. Dudette? You don't like dudette? I'm, yeah, I'm not a big fan of dudette. Sure. I'm trying to think of another word that. Moist. No, I'm, I, don't, I don't know why. Why do people get bothered by the word moist? Because it makes them think of vaginas. That's the only reason. The girls are like, really? oh, I don't like moist. Well, like, it's not just girls. I've no dudes that don't like the word moist. I feel either. like a major- Like if you took a like a. A cross section of the 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 amount of people. If we made a pie are, chart. Yeah. One circle would, would be way bigger than the other. Like the the, the amount. It's not multiple circles. It would no. be a pie chart. No, like <laughs> how pies are made. No, how do you no, cut no, pies? no, 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 sir. Pie. This pie is smaller because there's less people in it. This pie is bigger because there's more people in it. And then there's a little part in the middle where they intersect. What are you talking about? Like, are you talking about a Venn diagram? Yes. Is that a pie chart? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm thinking of a Venn diagram. <laughs> Are we going to name this episode pie chart or something like that at this point? Uh, yeah, maybe. Just whenever one of us says something dumb. No, that's still, that's, uh-huh. We could get something worse later. That's true. Hey, we've got a Sparkle Fairy Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, man. How many people do you think are... If we're like, if we're doing another Venn diagram pie chart, this right? How many people do you think actually are are excited for? Not Robert, enough. Robert Pattinson to not be enough. So, not enough. Robert Pattinson is dope. Okay. Why do you think this? Why do I think? Because it's dope? I know. Because I, I have a straight up reason why. Like because which is it? Uh, which who's he? Uh, uh, the movie Pete Davidson uh, loves. Uh, good time. Do the do the bit. <laughs> Uh, a bit. A good time is the best movie ever made. <laughs> you should have won an Oscar. I'm serious. Okay, thank you. Like, sure, I'm in a movie coming out, but I love Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson is Batman? So Are you kidding there's, me? There's, He's there's way a, better than me as Batman. I, I don't think I've seen any movie with Robert Pattinson in it. Ever. Besides Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And you never saw the Twilight movies? I think I maybe have seen one of them. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I did. I saw one on a cruise ship and fell asleep because I was sick. So I was like sick and I had to go in the room mm-hmm. and I turned the TV on, but you're on a cruise. So there's like only weird channels. And right. I was like, oh, look, a movie. Yikes. And it was Twilight and I was like, oh, fuck. And then I fell asleep. Um, it was bad. I know you love Twilight. I'm sorry. You love the books. I'm, well, I'm, you love the books. I mean, I, I read them while I was in high school. Yeah. But, you know, so I would probably love them even more now. Even more now, exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the point. Um, that being said, there's something about the redemption arc right. of someone who was like a teen heartthrob. Right. It's it, it, and I feel like more people, not more. I don't know. It seems like like it's happening. Just like Zac Efron has a little bit of it, right? Okay. Like he he's very different than Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson does like really serious acting mm-hmm. roles in indie movies and weird right. stuff with with it, like interesting directors and stuff. Right. Whereas Zac Efron is like I'm going to be in a Seth Rogen movie. Mm-hmm. But and he's I, like a super funny dude, and it's also like it's not as um, it, it's not as uh, I don't what's the word I'm looking for here like as crazy like as volatile mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, because like Zac Efron was like you know like a teen heartthrob in a, a you know a movie f- uh, series that mm-hmm. was you know targeted towards a specific audience of yeah. young teenage women and right? me and you obviously. <laughs> um, 
and uh, Robert Pattinson, basically same one, you know, women and you and me. (laughs) Um, But uh, like High School Musical isn't the punchline that Twilight is. Like, True, Twilight is a punchline. When, when it comes to like, hence the reason I said Sparkle Fairy Batman. When it comes to young adult novels, like Twilight is Nickelback. Like, it's, oh, that's so true. Like, no one respects Twilight, wow. other than like hardcore Twilight fans, right? Wow, that's so um, true. And uh, so, like, I don't think that people disrespect Zac Efron probably as much as they did Robert Robert Pattinson, just for the sake of Robert Pattinson being in those movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but but like how great is it that him and Kristen Stewart are both like acclaimed indie actors now mm-hmm. dude I one of my favorite takes I've seen on I saw this on Twitter somebody literally just said make Kristen Stewart Catwoman you cowards and I was like do it make her Catwoman <laughs> do it that would be awesome <laughs> that would be great she's already gonna be in the freaking Witcher Who's a movie with with hot Noah what is what is the what are the what is that movie called with all the ladies and the spies or something like that. Oh boy, my brain. Nope. No, you, you just say something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, all right. I, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it's interesting to think about. I definitely do have a lot of uh, respect for Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Um, a because like I never really lost it just because he's associated with Twilight. Yeah. Um, but B because Charlie's Angels. Seeing. Um, oh, fucking Charlie's Angels. Okay. Um, but. Uh, I believe in his ability as an actor, but like whether or not he will be able to pull off Batman, like I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. So how do you feel about it? I'm hella hyped for this Batman. Really? Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, sir. Mm -hmm. Right. Who, if you don't know, tell me who Matt Reeves is. He is responsible for one of my favorite trilogy. Bring in the one of my favorite trilogies of all time. The of the planet of the apes trilogy as you kind of have to call it because the mm-hmm. titles are so weird. Right. I love those movies. I think they're super underrated. I don't think enough people saw them and I think it's one of the best trilogies of the last t- 10 to 20 years. It's up there. Right. Maybe ever. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. To me. Uh, Toy Story exists, man. Toy Story is also up there but it's also about to not be a trilogy anymore oh, no. so fuck oh, off with that oh, take. No. It doesn't count anymore. Oh no. I've been... I've been <laughs> You've been had. You've been bamboozled. Just, I've been bamboozled by time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love Matt Reeves I think Matt Reeves is an amazing director and I'm super hyped for his take on Batman and like the fact that DC is making this is a 180 right the bro fueled idea of Zack Snyder making and a Zack Snyder Ben Affleck led Batman franchise flipping around to a Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson led thing come on Right. Come on. How yeah. much more different can you expect it to be? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we want to focus on the detective stuff. And, oh, mm. The only the that only thing is I'm like, yo, yo, our pet, we're we're gonna be good because like you're an actor and yeah. they're just gonna pay for this, but like get more jacked. That's all I'm worried about. You just want them to be more just jacked. Just get get a little just get jacked. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you're jacked. Otherwise, like, how am I supposed to believe you're Batman? Right. If you're not jacked. I hope we get a little bit more Bruce Wayne. Oh, are I you, think we you, will. Are you looking forward to that? We like, haven't would, gotten much Bruce Wayne since Michael Keaton. Yeah. When Michael Keaton was a weird Bruce, weird, uh-huh. weird Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Weird. Uh, we had a little bit with Christian Bale, but not a lot. It was mostly his relationship with Alfred and his relationship with Rachel more than anything else in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, um, which is great. I love those movies. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time. 
mm-hmm. but like I think Robert Pattinson can really bring some fun Bruce Wayne stuff to the table. Also, don't think that like when you Christopher Nolan isn't the the, the greatest like character driven. Mm-hmm. No, he's a he's a, a spectacle director. Mm-hmm. Great movies, but right. they're spectacle driven. Well, spectacle, uh, I would say, as well as like, um, I don't know, uh, ideas. Ideas. Like, they're very, they're very, very high concept. Uh-huh. High concept Opposite. spectacles with dope scores. It's, that's not is it? high concept. High concept is what? Rush Hour's high concept. It's it's, it's super. What? Yeah. Okay. So explain yourself. Okay. So this is like uh, confused a lot. By yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Like they'll say like like Inception is a high concept movie, but that it's. I it's, didn't know that high concept a was a thing. It's a, it's, I it's just a thought misnomer. it was two words that describe something. <clears throat> no. Okay. So like so like proper noun so, high concept. So like like proper noun high concept. What it means is like uh, you can explain it like uh, so, uh, so Asian cop uh, uh, black cop have to take on Hong Kong. Like it's very high concept. Like like uh, so it's it's die hard in uh on, on a train right like that that's actually what high concept is in the proper is that a liam neeson movie huh uh i'm not sure if, i know i know it's happened on a boat that was under siege. die hard on a boat die hard on a boat was basically under siege with steven siegel steven mm. steven siegel <laughs> yo stop stop that <laughs> Every Liam Neeson movie since ta- not every Liam Neeson movie since Taken, but like all of the generic action films that Liam Neeson makes since Taken are just taken in a different location, and it's hysterical to me. Mm-hmm. There's literally take like Taken on a train, Taken on a plane, mm-hmm. Taken in a different country. Like it's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Taken in a box. Taken but the then box. also like Gray exists. Mm-hmm. I love Gray. The Gray. Is it called The Gray? I think it is The Gray. The one with the wolves. Mm-hmm. It's great. Great. That's a bad joke. <laughs> um, Batman. But okay, so uh, my original point. All right, so like, uh, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like with uh, Christopher Nolan, like dealing usually dealing with a lot of big ideas. Yes. Um, uh, but but yeah, like usually like his more like character emotional shit doesn't land as much at least people a lot of people like criticize him for um not landing those emotional moments when he tries a little bit too hard to i would argue that the prestige has that in in really really good execution but it's almost like the ideas have to come first and then no no yeah for sure for sure humanity sort of follows yep you know i think that's how he thinks i think Um, he comes up with his idea like he comes up with his stories based uh on these these ideas he has he's Uh like i want to make a movie about a dude who goes to space yeah. and then like travels through dimensions. Right. And right. then he works backwards to finding out who Matthew McConaughey is. Exactly. I'm or gonna, like, I'm going to dock it. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to write a, a, a fucking movie, uh, uh, about a guy that has, uh, no memory, no memory yeah. and, you and know, writes notes on who himself. Who does he end up becoming? Yeah. Right. From that idea. And then like Batman's a little different, right? Cause like everyone knows who Batman is. So he like it's a little bit of a different approach, but it's knows. like here's what I think would be cool if this happened with Batman is sort of how, <clears throat> or I think even more so is like here's what I think would be cool if this would happen with the Joker and this is how Batman would deal with it. Almost, that, but but it's also like what would Batman look like in a real sense? Yes, I think that's very the much, idea. very much. I think that's that. the biggest yeah. idea with his uh, his trilogy. Yeah. Um, but Matt Reeves is someone who's not that. He's someone who's delved into 
obviously spectacle movies with the with the apes uh, films, mm-hmm. but they're God, also so incredibly character driven. Like, dude, I've are... said this so many times. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, mm-hmm. but just in my life, Caesar the monkey is one of the most human characters you'll ever see in anything you ever watch. And he's a freaking monkey. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Andy Serkis, the God, it's killing it. Like you might be a dick, but you can you can play a monkey real well. Andy Serkis a dick? I guess so. What? That's, that's the word on the street. From who? That's, I, I've just been hearing it on the streets, dude. You walk out, out on here, the road and people say that to you? Out here in WeHo. All the fucking all, all these you're making me sad all these vagrants been telling me hey you know Why? Andy Circus? Andy Circus? no don't say that dude he kind of a jerk hole don't say that that makes me sad like why can't just everyone be nice all the time to everybody <sighs> you Matt Reeves didn't do much before the, the of the apes movies I mean Cloverfield never seen it true let me in fun, man. never like seen it, it. Let me in. He did the wait. He did the. He let me in the vampire movie. Uh yes, a with, bullied young boy befriends a young female vampire who lives in serve uh-huh. secrecy with her guardian. Yeah, so it's an American remake of Let the Right One In. Oh, Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah. Cody Smith McPhee. Mm-hmm. They got so many people with so many names. Yeah, dude, you, uh, fucking watch Let the Right One In, dude. He wrote it. Too. Ap- apparently, um, or wrote the ada- adaptation or whatever. Um, Let the Right One In is a fucking great ass vampire movie. Um. Oh, he didn't make the first. He didn't make Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I thought he did. That's Rupert Wyatt. I didn't know that. Somebody different. Hmm. Doesn't matter to me. The other two Still are dope. Good. It's got a lot of upcoming stuff though. The Batman. Um. So there's other rumors about this movie. I don't know if you've heard. I, there's a no. rumor going around. I don't know how true it is. Obviously, I don't know how true any of this is. Uh, like that Josh Gad is gonna play the Penguin. Which is weird. <laughs> In summer. Silly, right? Guys. <laughs> Spare claw. Is that New Girl? Yes. I forgot he was a New Girl. Yes. <laughs> I forgot he was a New Girl. Dude. Fucking some classic performances in New Girl. I mean, that would be interesting. Uh, Josh Gad as, as the Penguin. Josh Gad's super just, talented, so I, like, I'm not going to like discredit like discount it yeah on the surface you know he's what like I mean? a huge broadway actor right he yeah he's he was book, book of mormon, mormon right? yeah he was yeah. book of mormon he won tony's and shit mm-hmm. um yeah he's super talented mm-hmm. he's also like been working out a lot but like do you have to work out to get in shape with a penguin no it's like the no. opposite yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> um yeah i'm just super hyped for the idea of a matt reeves batman movie and i think robert pattinson's a very interesting choice to play him and my the, so the thing that is my favorite about it is that it's just so opposite of the idea of the Schneider verse DC movies. That's my favorite thing about it. So, uh, yeah, pivot, what, pivot from hopefully the, that is what it is. Pivot from the bro hard shit. Mm-hmm. I'm done with it. <laughs> Fed up. Could be fun. Could be fun. I, I hope that they don't go with uh, a Joker storyline for. I, they definitely won't. For the first one, no way. Especially because yeah. they're also making a Joker, two Joker movies or something. DC's they're weird now. Two? What's, the, what's the second one? The Jared Leto Joker movie. They're making a Jared Leto. Apparently, yeah, apparently they're, they're doing a bunch of weird shit. Of course, they do, their, their, their business plan right now is to just do as much shit as they can and see what sticks, I think. <laughs> Jared Leto. 
Yo, did you see him at the Met Gala? Oh, dude. With his own head? Hell yeah. That was so weird. The Met Gala is such a weird thing. Yeah. Like, Do you know what the theme was? Uh, I heard it, but I forget. Camp. The theme was camp. What does that mean? Camp, like... Uh, like so the album? If I just walked up wearing a cutout of Donald Glover's album, Camp, would I would I fit in? Uh, wearing a cutout of Like it? I'm wearing a cardboard box, and it just has that the was, image. That's, well, the thing is, that is very campy. Sure. Untitled Jared Leto Joker Project. And Untitled Joker Harley Quinn Project. <sighs> Sighing out of excitement. Yep. And uh, pure joy. Yep. Jubilation. Jubilation. Yeah. Um, other movie stuff. We watched some trailers. Any of these trailers excite you? Midsummer. Midsummer looks pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. That's my girl. Uh, Florence Pugh? Mm-hmm. It's coming, dog. The explosion is coming. <laughs> That sounded weird. <laughs> Guys, hop on the pew pew train. <laughs> Just wait till she's in that Greta Gerwig movie and she, I'm telling you, she's going to get an Oscar nom. I can feel it in my, that movie is nowhere, there's not a trailer, there's nothing. I just think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. She's great. Also, amazing American accent in this trailer. Mm-hmm. She's British as hell. So you have more Florence Pugh uh, uh, experience in your life. Also cheaty. What? You've never seen A Good Place, right? No. The black dude in that trailer is plays Cheaty on a good on the Good Place, and he's uh-huh. super good in that show. Very funny. And I was like, when I saw him, I was like, Yo, right. what the fuck? Cheaty's in something. Good for him. Also, eyebrows. True. So like, Mr. We, Poulter. We're both coming at this from like different. So you like uh, Florence Pugh, and you have like other people that I've never heard of mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that are good actors. Uh, the dude from Sing Street, who is the older brother God, in I Sing wish Street. I'd seen that movie. Um, is in this movie who I fucking really like. He kind of looks like a, like a like a knockoff Seth Rogen kind of. Um, oh. Who's that Swedish dude in this trailer? Because that dude's creepy. Swedish dude. He's like the dude that's like he's like oh I'm so glad you came. Oh. He's creepy as hell in this trailer. I don't know. Um, but obviously the the person that's actually fucking making the movie um, is Ari Aster. Is that is that his name? Ari Aster. It's Hereditary guy. The guy that. <laughs> it's Mister Hereditary. Made, the guy that made Hereditary, which I actually really enjoy. Hereditary is, is like one of the and seemingly this film. This is one of those things where it's like it's not a horror movie, but it is. It seems like it's like Get Out kind of, where it's like it seems more like a like a mind fuck than anything else. Right. You. What's your what's your stance on Hereditary? As oh wait, as you're like talking about film? Jack Rayner? Why do I know this dude? Hold on, oh. I didn't recognize him from the trailer, but like I know his name. Keep talking, sorry. Uh, what's your stance on Hereditary as far as if you would watch it or not? I would watch Hereditary. You would, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just it, but you wouldn't. I don't give. I don't care about it. Ugh. I don't care. Yeah, okay. Clowns, fucking clowns. Just one clown. Clown. Yeah, you only you only have to deal with a bunch of clowns. Clown. That, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> we all float here, or whatever the hell they say. We all float down here. Yeah, sure. There's a dog. There's fucking thematic reasons for why they say that. <laughs> I'm just <clears> messing. <throat> Um. So, Midsummer is a movie about a couple in a rough patch in their relationship who go to Sweden, I think, to go to like some weird 
trip out camp essentially yeah. it seems like but it's it's definitely a cult it, it, it's definitely a cult yeah it's like yeah it's like some weird uh festival that only occurs every 90, 90 years. years what does that yeah, mean and it has like a, like like and the way that dude said, he's like, like, he's like, we only do this every 90 years. And I'm yeah. like, were you there last time? Yeah. Cause you sound like you were there it's like last this time. weird, uh, like if you were to make a, a pie chart Venn diagram of all of the <laughs> different ideas, it's like, it's like Burning Man and, uh, fucking like, uh, the Wicker Man, like all kinds Anywhere of like, where people are doing a bunch of LSD, uh-huh. dropping acid. Right. Yeah. But it seems like more like, uh, I don't know, like spiritual culty. I would say, Cult, cultishly, like, Man, like isn't really culty. Cultishly spiritual. It's just like it's 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 like a spiritual like yeah, d- it, gathering of yeah, people of that people. are like yeah. it's more it's more chaotic. Whereas yeah. like this is more like I think for some people, Burning Man is the epitome of spiritual for them. Yeah. Just the idea of going to a place to be yeah. so free. Yeah. That's sort of what that is for them. Yeah. But this is more culty. Though. This is super culty. Yeah. Looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. What about, um, so did you ever see Maleficent? You didn't, right? Nope. I saw Maleficent with my mom and my sisters when it came out. And this movie is, uh, movie came out a long time ago. It was like five years or longer, maybe. I don't remember a single thing that happens in that movie. And there's a sequel coming out. And I saw that trailer come out and I was like, wait, what? They're making a sequel to, why? Why? What? What's the point? There's actually some really pretty stuff in the trailer. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the first one had a lot of that. Like mm-hmm. a lot of just like mm-hmm. really good looking. Uh, but it's like, cinematics it's stuff. like Angelina Jolie, this is what you've been up to? That movie, Mirror Mirror, and the other one, just kind of like, there was a, another one. The, the Ella Swordsman. No, the Swordsman, <laughs> the one with Chris Hemsworth. Snow White and the Huntsman? Yeah. With Kristen Stewart and Chris Hemsworth? Mm-hmm. That one was all right. I like that movie. That one was I like right. that movie more than most people. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah. That movie got a sequel. I never saw it. Emily Blunt was in it. Played Charlize Theron's sister. Yeah. There's beautiful stuff in Snow White and the Huntsman. Like, really, really yeah. cool stuff. I think all of them sort of had that element, at least. Mm-hmm. That Mirror fantastical Mirror beauty. That Mirror Mirror is, about, I think, directed by the same guy who did uh, The Cell, right? I have no idea, dude. Mirror Mirror, I remember when it came out because I was like, that's the dumb version of this, this story <laughs> that's coming out. And I never saw it. <laughs> it was like so weird because it was kind of like how two Jungle Book movies came out within a couple years of each yeah. other. But like Mirror Mirror and Snow White and the Huntsman, I think, came out in the same summer or something yeah. like that. And they, they were so tonally different. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what in the world? How are both of these being made at the same time? It's mm-hmm. so weird. Yeah. But uh, like, what do you remember about um, Sleeping Beauty, the movie Sleeping Beauty, the the cartoon, the cartoon Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> not not. Sh- I, I remember uh, the the guy fighting the dragon. Or so cool. That's the, I, right. I, I remember that the prince rides in on the horse and he's like fighting the dragon. There's uh-huh. all these like gross plants. Didn't she? The, what, what, she pricks herself and that's uh, how she falls asleep. Like I remember that. Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a thimble? That's some. Is that what I a thimble dude, is? I don't know what a thimble is. Sure, thimble. She pricks herself. That's how she falls into an eternal slumber. The evil queen, because she's like, I don't want this bitch to be more beautiful than me, you know. But like, now Disney's doing this weird thing where they're like, we're gonna make these Maleficent movies, and they're like, friends. I think they like work together. Elle Fanning plays the princess and like she's friends with Maleficent or something. I'm trying to remember. It's weird. 
But it's like Angelina Jolie. This is what you've been up to. I, I, she yeah. apparently also going to be in the same Marvel movie that Richard Madden's going to be in. That's huh. weird. Huh. Yeah, I give zero. Zero out of ten. No, I give zero fucks. Is oh okay, okay. Yeah, it's just weird. What about uh the first thing that I can think? Oh, se- I'm sorry. Second thing that I can think of that Daisy Ridley has done besides Star Wars, this film called Ophelia, which is the telling of Macbeth from Ophelia's point of view, essentially. It's interesting. Um, I don't know a lot about Macbeth. I like Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say about about Ray, I uh, love Ray. Um, what well, can I say that I love Ray? I think in the first movie, there's some shit that happens that shouldn't, but I love Ray as a character. Mm-hmm. I like I like the Ray movie, too. Jamie Fox nailed it. Very good movie. Yeah. I think I have it right over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisy Ridley. Uh, yeah, I, I I like her. Uh, there's also the dude from Captain Fantastic. I like how that's who you point out before Michelle Pfeiffer. Nope, Michelle that was Pfeiffer, the other trailer. Right, I, I mixed it up. That's the other trailer. Michelle, uh, that was the was, was Maleficent. It? Yeah, but Maleficent wait, too. who was the queen in this trailer? Too many weird. They're too close together, even though they look entirely different. Uh, I know. I remember Clive Owen being. Clive Owen is the dude who takes the throne. I don't know enough about Macbeth. Like I should know these characters' it's not names. Macbeth. It's Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know enough about any of them. I don't know, I don't know any Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let me make sure I get these. I'm mixing everything up. Yeah, it's it seemed cool. I'm not super excited about it. It's like, it reminds me of, uh, there's certain movies that are like, are like period pieces that I'm like, that might be interesting because of the, the, the care, the actors that are involved and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, I'll see the trailer and that's like the height of my hype level. And mm-hmm. then it just sort of wanes Yo, off. Yo, but Tom like, Felton's like in it. Yeah, that's cool. Good for you. That's cool. Good for you, Tom Felton. That's cool. He was like, yo, I was Draco Malfoy, and I was but doing like, my thing, and then I was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and then it was like I was in nothing, and then I was in The Flash mm-hmm. for a season, and that's right. kind of weird, and now he's like, I'm in this weird kind of small but movie like, from A24. I remember being like hyped for uh, like Tulip Fever when that uh, Holy came out. shit, yeah. Right. I remember that. Yeah. When that when trailer. That was, that was a good trailer. Like, well, I was it's like, an interesting trailer. Dane DeHaan? Yeah. And my Love girl, Dane DeHaan. Alicia Vikander? Alicia Vikander. Oh, my God. I was like, yo, they're going to be together? I never saw that movie. Is that movie good? No, I never saw it. It's freaking Jeremy Irons is in it, right? If not, it seems like he would be, right? He's the dude that she's like married to. I don't know, man. I don't remember. But like I said, like my hype level was pretty high for that. And then uh, it waned. It waned. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz was... Not Jeremy Irons. Christoph Waltz. Oh, they're very accomplished men mm-hmm. at acting. Mm-hmm. There's some weird people. Dude, Dame Judi Dench is in this movie. Zach Galifianakis is in that movie. Matthew Morrison. In Tulip Fever. You're yeah, about, yeah. This, I'm just seeing the cast and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Matthew Morrison, Mr. Schuster from Glee. That's so weird. What is happening? Dog, he's also, he, he plays a cop in Dane in real life. And every time I see him in that, like, in that movie, because that's like a sleeper for like, like top 25 movies of all time for me. I fucking love Dan in real life. Dan in real life. Yeah. It's a Steve Carell movie with, uh, directed by Steve Carell. No, 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 oh. no. He's, he's the, he's the star of the movie. Um, Dan, he's in it with, uh, Oh, I recognize the movie poster. Yeah. With the pancakes. Yeah. yeah. A widower finds out the woman he fell in love with is his brother's girlfriend. Get mm-hmm. roasted. Steve Carell. Yeah. Is Dan cook his brother. Dan cook is his brother. And the entire time, like the, it's just like such a, a wholesome, like yet conflicting, uh, oh, Britt Robertson's in it. I like her. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's just so tragic, and it's like so 
Amy Ryan's in it. It's so amazing to see Steve Carell just navigate this like really like uh, like tragic situation where he's like in love with a girl that he finds out is in love mm-hmm. with, uh, in a relationship with his brother, and there he can't get away from it because like they're all going out to this family retreat. This like family oh, retreat that they do like every year or something like that. So like you're seeing him in all of these situations where the family is interacting and he sees her and he sees Dane Cook and Dane Cook beautifully casted movie because Dane Cook is a dick mm-hmm. in the fucking movie. Like he's he's not like a bad person, but he's an asshole. Like he's like mm-hmm. he's jackass. Mm-hmm. If the, jackass mm-hmm. is probably the be- the better word. Mm-hmm. For, like and fits it, Dane Cook. It fits Dane Cook, right? Like like we Dane Cook is not a bad person you know what i mean but he's like, a jackass like, he's a jackass <laughs> like it's very easy to not like dane cook um, who's the girl is it juliette binoche or allison pill or is it somebody else it's not allison pill it's uh juliette binoche okay dude amy is ryan the, is, is in the, the movie is she the holly is in the movie oh damn i forgot that dude. why is holly in the movie it's and weird. not with michael mm-hmm. get out of here but there's a cool little moment with matthew morrison he's a cop and he's like consistently pulling over uh steve carell and like the, like after like the third time, Steve like he's like that's gonna be like a hundred fifty buck ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and Steve Carell's like, put it on my tab, <laughs> dude. I love Steve Carell so much. Love him so much. <laughs> the cop's like, what? <laughs> he just looks at him like defeated, like put it on my tab. <laughs> so like even before Steve Carell started, you know, when he famously left the office early to pursue more serious roles. And he's done a very good job of that since then. Oh yeah. Been nominated, nominated. He's been nominated for Oscar for Foxcatcher. He's a, yeah. uh, the, the Adam McKay movies he's been in. You know, right. He's done his thing, but like, he's always been like that thing you said, like navigating weird situations. Like, like that makes me think of crazy, stupid love. One of my favorite movies ever. I love that movie. Right. And Steve Carell's awesome in it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the very beginning of that movie when he just jumps out of the car, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's right. so good. Love him. Yeah, like like schlub is not really a good word for it, but like like someone who's like like navigating a really kind of tragic like you can't do much about this situation mm-hmm. other than deal with it. Yeah. Um, not to mention movies. he's in the Four Year Old Virgin, classic movie. People right. love that movie. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite. It's a great fucking movie. Comedies of it's all fucking time. Great comedy. Mm-hmm. One of the best improv bits. Um, you know how I know like you're the, gay. The entire movie. Well, that's true. <laughs> but like they they run the post credits, the no the do you know how I know you're gay bit with like Seth Rogen and right. dude the cast it's Paul stupid. Rudd. Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen just being hysterical. Right. Why are comedies able to get such stacked? I guess lots of movies now do it. I mean, how big was Seth Rogen at that point? Like true. he was in Donnie Darko as a kid. Uh, I always forget that. Yeah. Because I know when we watched it, I was like, "Yo, that's young Seth Rogen. That's weird." Um, I mean, didn't your mom like stab your dad? <laughs> That's what I was saying. Was that pre before or after Freaks and Geeks? Because Freaks and oh, Geeks is one of the craziest things ever when you look back at it. Yeah. The cast of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Highly recommend sure. watching the one season of that show that exists. That seems like one of those things that in the age of Netflix could have a a new season made. You know what I mean? Oh, Freaks and Geeks? It just seems like if that happened, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was like Netflix's... Uh, bringing back Freaks and Geeks for like a weird reunion season. Right. Like they do a, a season where they just have like a high school reunion. Like or what they do with uh, What Hot American Summer. Yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah. have you watched that? Mm-hmm. That show's hysterical. Yeah. I'd never seen the movie before and I watched that show. Okay. And it's wacky as hell. Yeah. It's so surrealist and weird because mm-hmm. they play themselves as kids. Right. It's so weird. 
And then I didn't know about like the talking can and stuff like that. Yeah. I was so confused. It's strange. It's a weird show, but I watched the movie after and I was like, oh, okay, I get Wet it. Wet Hot American Summer. Is, I've seen Wet Hot American Summer at least five times growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen it within the past five years. And it's like one of those movies where it, like it will just leave my brain and I'm like, I forgot what that movie was about. Yeah, like, that movie is so insane. Yeah, it's just really wacky. The show is too. It's just completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I had another... Oh, I was triggered because I thought of Hot Noah. Did you know he's playing He-Man? Hmm. How weird is that? Hmm. Why is he playing He-Man? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, dude, it's a different take on He-Man, I guess. Get that fucking... Uh, the Russian dude from Creed 2. Yeah. That motherfucker should be playing He-Man. He could play He-Man. Can he grow his hair out? Be oh, He-Man. Yeah. yeah is he I, straight? He's not... Is he Russian? He's not Russian. I think he's... Like Ukrainian ah. or something like that. Okay. I might be totally wrong. I don't even remember his name. I'll find yeah, out. Why? I'll find out. That motherfucker should be he man. I'll I'll research. Creed two, dude. That movie was very good. I love I love Creed films. Florian Montanu sounds French. <laughs> Florian, dude. Florian, Florian mounting you. <laughs> Minchini, also known as Florian Big Nasty. Ryan goes in you. <laughs> goes in you, goes in you. I saw some. Oh, no, I can't. We're not talking about Game of Thrones anymore. Never mind. I can't spoil Game oh, of damn. Thrones. Oh, man. I wish I could find it. Born in family sports. He went to the University of Munich. Is that Germany? Doesn't have his. Uh, where he was born in here. I feel like I was a He-Man. Uh, uh, I don't know a lot about fan He-Man when I was a kid, because like I remember specifically building swords out of. Do you remember Connects? Like the yeah, toys Connects. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember bu- building swords and then like holding it above my head and like saying He-Man shit. Did you say uh, by the power of Grayskull? Hmm. I, I don't I, like. It, I remember doing that shit. I remember doing that shit in elementary school, and I got in trouble for it. What? Why? Because I was building swords. So? They thought it's fucking I was, cool. Nah, dude. They thought I was, I was fucking staging a, a coup. No. Nah, I was nah. fucking going uh, to assassinate the, the teachers. And shit. <laughs> what? I had that and I had a little fucking uh, a T-Rex tooth necklace. It wasn't an actual Like a shark tooth, tooth necklace? But it was a T-Rex tooth because it was like around the time like one of the Jurassic I... Parks came out or something. And I, I remember losing that necklace. You just reminded so me that I sad. had a tooth growing up. That, oh my God, I forgot about this tooth. This thing's freaking like this big, dude. And you'd, it was like on a necklace or something? No, or just like, I hey. just had it in like a like a box, right. like somewhere in my room or something like right. that. But I was like, this tooth is, I found it. Like oh. on a beach. Oh. It was just a giant tooth and it was black. You think it was a shark tooth? I think it was a shark tooth. I don't know if it was a shark tooth, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. No, it was like it was like. It might Were have been. you a shark tooth necklace kid? No, no. Could I see think, you being a shark tooth necklace kid. No, dude. I think that I wanted to be. I just I never I never got it. You okay. Know I mean? okay. By the time like I had the chance, it was, you were past it. it You're like I can't it. do that anymore. I was like, oh, that's not man, cool. No. Like that was cool when we were in middle school. Now right. we're in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought that was weird. Hot Noah playing He Man. 
He's the wrong kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Like I just weird. Yeah. I don't know enough about He Man to be like same here. to care about it really. Same here. I know that I dove into He Man lore a little bit when the show Shira came out on Netflix because it was such a reaction to it when the trailer came out and the character designs came out because a bunch of like neckbeards were like mad that her sh- skirt wasn't shorter or something or right. she didn't have bigger boobs or some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, wait, what is She-Ra? Cause like she says by the, oh, fuck. He says by the power of gray skull and she says by something else similar. And I was like, is that like He-Man? And I looked it up and they're like connected and they're like mm-hmm. siblings or something like that. I don't remember. It's weird. He-Man is wild. It's super weird. I don't know anything about He-Man. Um, let's talk about something else. <laughs> Sport. I was going to bring up something completely different. Do it. Uh, like just complete. Okay. So I, I think I saw, I've seen, you, you know how I've been like going through house recently, right? And yeah. I'm you've watching been watching a lot, a lot of house. house and like, a lot, like uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of times like I'll, I'll justify like just completely, uh, uh, you know, binging, binge watching like shows like this. You know what I mean? I'm like, Oh no, like I'm a writer. So like I need to be watching shit. Right. Um, but like, Hugh Laurie's a great oh, character in that show. Dr. House, great, great character. Yeah. Really interesting character. And there's, there is good writing. He's also like, good, great performance. Um, it's also preposterous. Like it's yeah. not, a, it's not a realistic show in any <clears> sense. Um, and it's also like super interesting to see like how you can pivot off of like basically what is a procedural crime drama, but instead of not ha- not having it be a crime, it's a medical diagnosis. That's exactly what the show is. Um, Cause he's like, he thinks like a detective. He's a detective. That's interesting. He's, he, that's exactly what the show that's is. That's interesting. Like, like, and, and if you look at the structure of every episode mm-hmm. and you compare it to like a CSI. So instead of like a whodunit law, law and, and like order, SVU, following red right? herrings like, and finding the wrong clues and then eventually getting to the right to the killer or whatever, right, but like, he's misdiagnosing or thinking it's the wrong thing that until even, he figures out the right thing. But even the, the cold opens that you get uh, before the, the show opening, right? Your, they always show the crime, right? Which, is the, the the person they show how the person ends a per, up in the hospital. A person fainting. Uh, like, Interesting. You know, like they're they're at a, a fucking swimming event uh-huh. and then they fucking they they can't swim back up to the top of the pool or whatever. Like mm-hmm, the fuck mm-hmm. it is. Um, uh, but yeah, like you're you're seeing the crime happen <clears> and then <throat> they have to figure out the they have to figure out who the killer is. Interesting. Which is this diagnosis. Um, but regardless, <clears throat> so I just finished up watching season four. This isn't going to be a spoiler episode, right? But there is the the penultimate. Honestly, I think if you spoiled House, it wouldn't be a big deal. It's been out for a long time. Okay. The last two episodes of season four were fucking incredible. But I'm going to talk about the penultimate episode, right? The second to last episode of season four. It's called House's Head. And it's something that I've realized how much I like this thing, this type of episode. It's like a being John Malkovich? I mean... No. Good, because that was a complete stab in the dark. No. Never even seen being John Malkovich, but I know it's like a weird... It's House's head made me think of. I, I forget the actual title episode, but is it Abed's Unforgettable Christmas? Or yes. Abed's Amazing Christmas? One of the best community episodes. One of the best community episodes of all time, right? But mm-hmm. like, it is this episode of you seeing a character and their subconscious completely realized, mm-hmm. right? So you're basically exploring their subconscious in a super strange way. And you're seeing how... Uncontrollable Christmas. Uncontrollable Christmas. There we go. 
also one of my favorite episodes of television of all mm-hmm. time. Well, I fucking yeah. love it. Um, Abed is one of, if not your favorite television character of all time. Tr- true. And what you're seeing is like Abed's subconscious completely real. Like, and you're like, why is he, is he envisioning these <clears throat> things? Why does he like, yeah. And it just gives you so much information about the character, at least if, it, if it's done really well. Mm-hmm. And this episode, um, house's head, exactly like that dude like from the jump of this episode i was like this is different than anything that i've seen in this show as far as the music as far as like because like there's there's times when house hallucinates okay shit like that throughout uh, the, the uh-huh um but like there's times when uh you know like like he in order to deal with like migraines or something he takes like drugs uh, he, yeah he, well he takes um like LSD. He's an addict, isn't he? Yeah, he's an yeah. addict. He's a he he painkillers. Pain yeah, yeah painkillers. Um, it's like a big part of his character. Mm-hmm. But like from the jump, like with this the the music and like they did this really cool like just a lot of really interesting stuff with lighting and stuff that like just really fucking drew me into the episode. I was like, this is different than everything that I and halfway through the the episode, I was like, I have to fucking look this up on IMDb so I remember this episode because mm-hmm. it's fucking phenomenal. So is it, it like IMDb. a dream? I mean, I don't, I don't want to go too much into like the, the, the plot details, mm-hmm. but basically he loses his memory, uh, for a certain reason. And, uh, he, he had major head trauma, uh, loses his memory and he has to basically explore his subconscious and they do it through hypnosis. Ooh, cool. They do it, he, do, he, at one point he goes into a, uh, a float tank. Okay. Um, uh, and fucking in, in order to like get to this place where he can remember because he has to access mm-hmm. his memory in order to save this one person mm-hmm. and the way that they fucking do it is incredible and I looked it up on IMDb 9.8 on IMDb yeah. dog is fucking incredible man um, I don't know I just wanted to talk about it oh yeah that's cool I thought of another thing that I heard this week that I thought was interesting Um, I was listening to, I don't remember what it was but like somebody said they brought up the idea that there's no more movie stars. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Cause like when I think of, I'm like, I got to name like a bajillion actors that I really like, but also like, like you and me are like definitely above average, uh, consumers. Right. But then like the, the person made the point of like being like back in like the eighties, maybe even the nineties, there were certain actors that everyone went to see their thing no matter what the thing was, right? Okay. That doesn't happen anymore. And I was like, that's kind of true. You don't go see every, uh, like, I don't know, Michael B. Jordan movie because it's Michael B. Jordan. You know what I mean? It's an interesting idea. I don't know if I agree with that. That might not be right, but I think it's interesting. Like, isn't, Dwayne Johnson doing that? That's a good counterpoint. The Rock. I didn't think of The Rock. No, no one goes no to one, see Rock movies for The Rock movie. Like you go because it's The Rock, and he's never doing anything different. Hey man, in Jumanji, he was a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, like do you, do you think that he was talking about like method acting in a way? Like, I think like he was talking about more serious films, I think, probably. Maybe. 
I think it was Tony Kornheiser on his podcast. I heard it. So I would assume uh-huh. he's not even thinking about anything in the realm of right. Dwayne Johnson. I would but, say The Rock is probably like the, yeah. the biggest example of that, right? How weird is that? Tom Cruise? Somebody said Tom Cruise, and he was like, it's only outside of Mission Impossible. Like, now? Like, how did Jack Reacher do? You know what I mean? Outside of the tentpole... That's what he said. Outside of, t- like, the tentpole franchises, what actors are drawing people into things because they're the actor. So, like, you can't be like, oh, I saw every Marvel movie. I love Robert Downey Jr. Did you see The Judge? Because you love Robert Downey Jr.? Nope. Sort of that thing. I think that's interesting. I think that's a weird thing to look at in retrospect because I think that a lot of those... Um, movie stars that he might be bringing up right mm-hmm. like did he give any they examples? probably had things back then that people didn't go see exactly yeah probably. and that you're not thinking about because you know as time moves on we forget about i don't know though man that dude's memory is crazy so if he was like Does, did he bring up any examples of it i'm trying to remember i don't remember the don't context remember? of the conversation i just re- like was reminded about it yeah i don't, I don't really know that's yeah, interesting though because i've heard other people with that take i've heard other people talk about the fact that there's no more movie stars in the way that there used to be I think I just I think the landscape of of movies and TV shows. I think what happened is like it used to be like there was the cream of the crop, right? And then it was like a bunch of people down here. Now I think that there's just more people here. Like there's more parity. Yeah, there's just the, more accessibility and there's uh, more stuff being made. Yeah. And because television has caught up to film in terms of um Reach, n- cinematics uh, I was going to say like in terms of importance, like like you okay. it used to be like if you were on a television show, it was like you're not good enough to be in the movies. Yeah. Now it's great actors are going to television because there's more to be done there. There's more time to explore stuff yeah. as an actor. It's interesting. That's where a lot of the good writing is. Because mm-hmm. um, movies are so like money, so dependent on the, on the money they make. They can, the, the there's an entire middle ground of film that is almost never made anymore. So it's either mega blockbusters or super tiny indie films, nothing in between, because it's too much of a risk money-wise, which is sad. Hey, the Knicks didn't win the lottery. No, they did not. That was funny. (laughs) You're so rude, dude. (laughs) You're so mean. I'm just saying, they had an 86% chance of not getting the first pick. Fucking Spike Lee is going to be fucking like, you're going you're gonna to wake up tomorrow morning and like Spike Lee is going to be hovering over your bed. I guess that's technically possible. We're in L.A. He, he lives in New York. Oh, that's true. He could be out here, though. That's he could true. very easily no, be out he here. he could very easily be out here. Yeah, he could very easily be out here. Uh-huh. Um, that'd be super weird. I'd be surprised. I'd be like, Spike, what's up, man? He'd be like, you were shit talking to Knicks. I'd be like, that's true. I was. Um, but here's the thing, right? I feel like, one, the presentation of the lottery was weird i don't know if you watched it or not it was weird I, yeah i did the way that like everyone in the room could hear the analysts mm-hmm. was weird although i was i found zach lowe's thing so endearing did you see his like walk and talk he did with his hair all fucked up yeah and I, I thought that was so fucking funny there was a lot of elements that were that made it weird right mm-hmm. like it was like all of these things coming together made it super weird <clears throat> a the fact that everyone in the room could hear, hear them big, like, so they're just the like entire broadcast this, 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 we're talking about Zion, and Zion's just like, I can hear you talking about me. That on top of the complete Zion mania. Yeah. Like, I texted over obsession. Uh, yeah. With like, Zion. Uh, 
I remember texting my brother like when they were doing the RJ Barrett Zion Williams interview. Hey RJ, what do you think about Zion's journey? What are you doing? What is happening? Who did that interview? Was that Rachel Nichols? Rachel Nichols was not. Dude, Rachel Nichols did not do well. That's so weird. But here's the thing. I don't think, like, I'm wondering how much of it is her and how much of it is ESPN being like, hey, this is Zion's show. You have to push this, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's... this is the kind of things that when like the the ESPN revolt people come out and they're like ESPN sucks, yeah, and I'm like, I mean, not really. There's good stuff on ESPN still. Right. Like you're overreacting, but that like, but that was like so weird. But the jump is a good show. It's weird. Like yeah, yeah their like, happy hour stuff is great. Yeah. Uh, high noon through PTI, those shows are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center is great. Right, but sometimes you know they do have the sort of uh, the modern newsy approach to reporting sports a little bit. You know what I mean? The oversaturation of the hot topic. Oversaturation of the hot topic and just like complete sensationalism. Yeah, exactly. Um, That being said, the new lottery is great and I love it. So, all right. So like I've been going back and forth as far as like uh, your first reaction um, to this was like, nobody's going to tank anymore. Uh, teams won't tank as hard anymore. Right. They'll right. tank to it we like 30 to 35 games. We'll be right. fine. Right. But 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 you were like but you were like fuck yeah, like that's a good I'm thing. I'm saying go it. go even crazier. Kill tanking. Kill it. Yeah. Murder it. Murder it forever. Right. Do you think that it will hurt small market teams? Not necessarily. I mean, like, like do you think okay, so like the two smallest markets in the NBA just won the lottery. I I I understand that. <clears throat> small market is a bad uh, example, but the the fact that like this kind of stuff can happen, the fact that like the team that got LeBron got a higher pick than the team that lost LeBron, mm-hmm. like is that necessarily fair? And I would bring up so like obviously like I'm not a huge fan of tanking, right? And I think that the default uh, uh, mindset of our my team should be tanking because we're not going to win a championship and we're not contending for a championship. Hate it. It's it's fucking annoying, especially yep. when you haven't made the playoffs for seven years, mm-hmm. right? Like, and you, it, it, hey man, you made it, you did it. it, we made it, baby, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, you know, like, it, and and it's so weird that like these same people will be like, but I really love watching the Kings, you know. And it's like, what what are the Kings doing? They're like, it's, they're a fucking super young team that hasn't made the playoffs in a long time, you know. They didn't tank it. this year. They. Kings for sure didn't tank this year, but like I'll bring up. They this, didn't have any reward for I'll tanking. Bring up this example right here, the Hawks weren't necessarily tanking this year either. No, they just suck. They played they, really poorly at the beginning. They of the year. already tanked. They like tanked to make their team as bad as it is now. The right. part of tanking isn't just trying to lose; it's having a bad roster, but with young pieces you like. True. That's tanking. Um. Wait, so are you saying in a way the the Hawks were tanking? Yeah. They're in the process of tank they're in the process of tanking. I Okay, so I think that you're skewing the definition of tanking here cuz I don't they did not tank this year. They tried to win. But I'm saying part of tanking is going into the season with a roster they, incapable of winning lots of games. So like on purpose. last season, right? Last season they tanked. Sure. Right to get with the Trey Young, whatever draft pick that was, third or whatever. Well, they had the the, the they had the third fifth and swapped to the third or no. had third so swap with the, the third. Fifth. Yeah, the third uh, swap to the fifth yeah. so they could draft Trey Young. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
They got them an extra pick this year, too. They have three first-round picks this this year, right? I'm not sure if they have three first-round picks. They have two top ten picks. Balling. Um, there is – I think there's a, only one team that has three first-round picks. The Celtics have three first-round picks. Of course. But they're all mid to late rounds. Of course the Celtics do. Um, they have like the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd mm-hmm. or something like that. It's um, not going to get UAD, homie. We're, we're going to talk that, about that in a second. <laughs> but m- m- my point is that the Hawks were a team that just sucked at the beginning of the year. Obviously, like their roster isn't really well constructed. They were a lot better at the end of the year when Trey was popping off. Exactly. But they started playing a lot better and actually started winning some games. And they mm-hmm. were a, in a, an exciting team. And they were competing against good teams. Um, I heard a lot of takes wanting them to win the lottery because how fun – Trey and Zion would be together. And I was like, that's interesting. I mean, I just, a lot of people were like, oh, it's such a good fit. I don't think that him and John Collins is a, is a super good fit. Him and John Collins would be weird. Because they're both, they're both under, four, they're, they're both four fives. To me, I think they should be both be fours, yeah. Um, Zion being like a four or five to me is like, like I'm not sure if I agree with it. I want to see him do it in the NBA. Before. He can do that Draymond shit. Huh? Play five in small lineups. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying I want to see it. He's for sure gonna. That's what's gonna happen. You think that he's gonna be Draymond? I'm not. I don't know if he's gonna be Draymond, but he's gonna play that Draymond five in a small role. lineup. Yeah, he's played Draymond the small role. lineup five. I supposed to probably start at the four. I don't. Know. And if he never develops a good jumper, he'll have to do that more and more, or at least be on the floor I, with I four with other you. shooters. I agree with you. I'm also, like Giannis. Okay, I'm getting back to my Hawks point here, mm-hmm. right? They were slated to have the fifth pick and the eighth pick, mm-hmm. right? And, but because of the chaos of this lottery, mm-hmm. they slid back to the eighth pick and the tenth pick. Mm-hmm. Is this fucking over the teams that actually need, that might need uh, the, the, the restocking of talent? But I think you could just counter that by saying the Memphis Grizzlies and the Pelicans also need the restocking of talent. Do they need it more than teams like Phoenix and, and, and Cleveland? and? I mean, who's on the Grizzlies besides Jaron Jackson Jr.? Michael Conley. Not for long. DeLon Wright. Who? DeLon Wright. Who? Oh, my God. Dude, do, do not disrespect DeLon Wright like that. He's a good player. Um, he's a role player. Huh? He's a role player. Yeah, he's a role player. He's a role player. Um. I still think that the. Uh... So I used to be. I used to think the lottery was stupid, because I grew up watching football, and mm-hmm. I was like, "No, the worst team gets the first pick because they're the worst team and they need it the most." Right. But now that I've had a taste of the chaos, and because it's become a th- a thing to take, it's okay. So I think of tanking like the th- okay. You know this thing that kids do, like when their parents set a rule. And you're a kid and you find a loophole to the rule. And you're like, I did. They're like, you can't, you can't fight with your brother under my roof. So you take him out back and you beat him up in the backyard. So you're like, I didn't break your rules. I'm a good kid. Okay. That's tanking. Being a tanking team is like being that annoying kid who's finding loopholes in the rules. You know what I'm saying? You're taking advantage of something that isn't implicitly wrong. Because you figured out a way. It's, it's like a kid who's too smart for his own good. And getting himself into trouble. So to me, the more steps you can take to just make tanking not a viable option, do it. I don't mind the idea of tanking for a short term. Like, like I think that the Grizzlies are probably a good example, right? Because they, uh, 
they if tanked. this works, if Jaw and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. If pan Jaw, out and they can build around and, them, and they, yeah. they trade away Michael Conley for some mm-hmm. you know, some probably some good young pieces, mm-hmm. whoever they tr- fucking uh, trade them to. Um, that and who knows what's going to happen. So like their pick next year is top six protected. <clears throat> um, I think this year it was top eight protected. Next year it's top six protected. If so if it's anything below that, it's going to go to the Celtics. And after that, it's completely unprotected. Six through 30, it goes to the Celtics. Or seven yes. through 30, yeah. Fuck um, the Celtics. Also, like, th- your point about, like, the teams that need it, don't mention the Suns and the Cavs to me. Okay. Get out with them. Get the fuck out with them. Why? Suns have had how many number three picks in the last a billion years, and they still suck? Number one. The Cavs have had the number one pick how many fucking times, and they still suck? Mm-hmm. If they don't have LeBron, they're garbage. Right. Get out with them. Find better people to run your organization. It's, it's hard to fucking run a team. Yeah, it's true. But like, it's hard to run a team. To me, that's like I still I, don't think that 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 warrants them getting fucked over. I don't think it's, they're a poorly run team. But the thing is, like, I think you everyone one through I would say anyone one through probably like nine or ten, you could argue is a poorly run team. Mm-hmm. Just being a poorly run team. I'm not a hundred percent on the like. Oh, it should be just like the NFL, where the worst team. Like I like I'm, now. I part really of me is like, dude, put a lottery in the NFL too. Fuck it. Yeah. Do it everywhere. It's fun. That, it's crazy. NFL's different. Though, NFL's right? no. Yeah, NFL's very different. Yeah. But like, it's so fun. One, it's chaotic and fun. Two, it it makes tanking less of a viable option. Which I mean, we are out paying people millions of dollars, sometimes tens of millions of dollars to play a sport for entertainment, the least we can expect of the teams is to try to win the games. Right? Mm-hmm. Seems reasonable to me. Yeah. To think that. My issue, like, my issue with tanking isn't as much, like, I don't, because I don't give a shit if the fucking Phoenix Suns tank. I don't care. But, like, do I think that the worst team should probably get the most fair shake? Yeah, maybe. I think they should have the best chance, and they do. I like that they made it the bottom three have the same chance. Mm-hmm. It's even better. That's interesting. But there's a part of me, and I'm not saying they should do this, right. but there's a part of me that's like, just make, like, one through five all have, like, a 10% chance. And then, like, six through ten all have, like, an 8% chance. <laughs> and just go completely bonkers with it. You know one thing that I'm hearing a lot about this draft that I think it's it's really annoying me. So most really people think it's me. a one player draft, one B player draft. I, like, but you you you've gone deep into the. It's grown into a this is a three player draft. Yeah. And outside, Zion, Jaw, and RJ. Yeah, outside yeah. of these three players, like you're. I hate the term a. I hate the term three player draft, and mm-hmm. I hate it when people. Uh, bring up the term like this is a weak draft like obviously there's going to be like a uh, we've been spoiled the past couple years though True, but this is like there's obviously a variation of like the the different levels of uh, talent that you can get uh, in each draft right but usually um i I think when when people look back on and uh on weak drafts right what they're actually seeing is not their you know like the it's it's not the, the 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 lack of talent. It's the lack of people's ability to gauge that talent. Like uh, drafts, like uh, the fucking what was it, the 2013 draft that had Victor Oladipo, um, 
who got drafted number one. Is that Anthony Bennett's here? I think so. Yeah. Um, Good work, Cavs. <laughs> uh, considered a weak draft, right? But, like, when you look back on it, right, there was all of these deeper picks that ended up coming. Is that the Giannis draft? Obviously, you Giannis 15? is the biggest yeah. one. Like, And if you compare the you know the high-level talent of that draft compared to all of the rest of the draft, it's pretty much the same. It's just that people couldn't fucking gauge the talent, right? And I think that's what's going to happen with this draft. I oh, still, so you're saying the Heat are going to get an all-star at 13? Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that is possible. Hell yeah. I think that is possible. <clears throat> I think that people, like, I think that the absolute certainty that people are displaying when they're gauging this talent, you know, that's only been playing uh, uh, fucking in, in college for one year. So like someone like Cam Reddish, like the, 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 the fact that people are so with absolute certainty being like, like He's gonna this be a guy bust. is only, this yeah. guy's going to be a bust. This guy's only going to do like that. I find it so fucking ridiculous. I find it absurd um, because people are just so wrong so often. So here's what I'm going to say. The first thing is that, the NBA draft historically doesn't have a lot of gems. It's only two rounds for a reason. One of the reasons is there's not that many players on every team, but also there's just not that many people that pan out. There's maybe, I would guess, between three and five all-star caliber players. And that's like, you have to make one all-star in your life, right? right? In each draft. And like any draft in any league, in any sport, they pop <clears> up from <throat> different spots. You know, there might be one in the second round, might be one at 15, there might be one at 22, and two in the top five. Right. That's, that's how drafts work. It's part of the pseudoscience of scouting in sports. Yeah. It's never exact. So, like, that's one thing to think, to realize when looking at the NBA draft, is you, I think people, the, the expectation has to be lowered to be like, we just need role players. Can you be a role player in the NBA? That's what I care about. Right. Especially after you get past like the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Like if you can be a role player after that, solid, dude. Good work. Um, I think you go a little far in like, you love fucking everybody. You're like, yo, all these motherfuckers are fucking great. Nasir Little, great. Everybody's great. But like, it's like you're finding the positives in their game and that's fine but like you have to it's like people like it's it's the job of these people is to find what's wrong with players Mm -hmm. right and then think is this something we can fix or not or find their strengths and say is this something we can enhance and build around and work with or not so it's like a weird middle ground i think with like the frustration you're feeling towards the over bashing of prospects Mm -hmm. and the the reality of how many prospects usually pan out and trying to figure out which ones are my problem is not the the, like sure i can be like overly optimistic with prospects right like just because it's fun to me Mm -hmm. right um but my problem is like the displaying of it with absolute certainty oh yeah no that's That's obviously no one actually knows anything and like like the the don't get worked up about armchair scouts on Instagram comments and in Reddit threads. It's just what do they know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at like KOC shit, and he's you know educated and done research, or uh, you know. But even KOC is like other because KOC can be straight up wrong. Yeah, like, and, well, that's the thing. Anyone can be wrong. Yeah. Like even the professionals who get paid to do it. Yeah. Uh, some motherfucker drafted Anthony Bennett number one. Mm-hmm. Like people, they're always going to be wrong. Yeah. Was that David Griffin? 
The dude who's being touted as like this genius that's going to save the Pelicans. See the dude who took Anthony Bennett number okay, one. Okay, so okay, so I wanted to we, t- talk about this, right? So the, we, we brought up Zion, right, and, and like how he's going to be utilized. So like I think that the potential fault in like seeing him as like being utilized. You know my hot take. Draymond kind of role. What's that? I don't think Zion's a sure thing. It, have you thought about that? Yeah. About about like Zion, like like. Maybe we're kind of... This happens Zion's all the time. Like, it's like, this is the best process, prospect since LeBron. They said it about Ben Simmons. They said it about Andrew Wiggins. It had, like, people just do it. They say this is the best prospect since X. In the NFL, they do it with Peyton Manning. They say this is the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. And the only one who's really lived up to that is Andrew Luck. But he has injury problems. Uh-huh. So it's like this weird thing where, like, everyone's always looking for that next this dude for two reasons. One, because you want to draft really good players. Two, the NBA wants dudes to be hyped up. Right. To become the next guy, right? So, they're always if they say Zion is the next dude, he's the next face of the NBA. So basically, it's like when LeBron leaves, it's Giannis, and after Giannis, it's Zion. He's the next dude to be the next dude. He's the prince that was promised. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Zion's a hundred percent a thing. I I think he'll be great. I assume like he should be great. He's got all the physical tools he needs to be great. He seems to have all of the mental and uh, sort of like. Um, the happiness level of the type of person who should succeed. He seems like a really hard worker. He seems like he loves basketball. Right. And he seems like he can handle the spotlight well. Yeah. All of these things. Seems like it should work out. But he can't shoot. And, you know, how much is his game going to translate to playing against bigger and stronger and faster grown-ass men? Right. We'll see. I don't know. I think that his like it's hard to bully dudes in the NBA the way he did in college. True, I like, but I do think that his size and athleticism is going to just have a, a yeah, floor. absolutely. He's going it to should. have a baseline of being yeah. a good player. Um, Plus, he plays defense. Always well, get, that'll always get you a job. Well, the, just the, the the fact that he has the motor that he has, yep. man. Like, I wish that you could just fucking take that out and mm-hmm. put it into like certain players. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, man. I, f- and I fucking love that about the, like, it's one of the reasons why I like, I love Russ, man. Like mm-hmm. just like the, I love guys with super, it's like, crazy the, and there's something level. extra endearing when they're really talented, when they're really talented players mm-hmm. that have really just high energy players. Yeah. Cause they're the type of people that could coast. Like yeah. you could make the argument, uh, Cam Reddish did. You could yeah. argue that Cam Reddish doesn't play with that same fervor mm-hmm. and also his shooting percentages were nowhere near what people expected. Right. Which is alarming when you are projected as a shooter. I will say, though, that like the people that are like, oh, man, the Knicks got... Fu-. Like, RJ's a solid player. He was a dude who, before the season started, people thought was going to be the number yeah, one pick. I mean, they, they thought they were going to... Like, fucking... They only talked about the Knicks getting Zion throughout the entire... Yeah, it's, it's just... But Zion has... This is the problem that RJ has, I think. See what I'm doing right now? Uh-huh. RJ's got tunnel vision. Yeah, he's got blinders on. RJ's got tunnel vision, dude. Yeah. Gotta fix that. Dog, do you know that Cam Reddish played uh, in high school with Mo Bamba? Nope. Yeah. That's cool. Is there a song about him though? Cam's calling. On that note, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. (laughs) We back. We back. We back. Oh man, there's a new chance song. I haven't listened to it. Saying we back. There's a lot of fucking good rap music out right now, dude. A bunch of albums dropped in the past couple weeks. Let's start. Let's talk about this. This. What do you think of Logic's new album? Not a fan. I wasn't sure how like not how you a were gonna, fan. I was. Like, I liked the last song a lot. I thought the last song I was good. The first song a lot. He always makes Homicide? good first songs. That one had already come out, hadn't it? 
Yeah, the one. Yeah, that was one of the singles. Oh, that's the second song I thought. Is it? I think so. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The one with one with Eminem with Chris D'Elia. The most important part. I got napkins. My (laughs) Kate thought that was Eminem doing like a weird a weird bit. (laughs) That's funny. Nah, dog. That's so fucking cool to me that they put that in there. I love it. It's so funny. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah. This album to me is like, it's the logic that the internet thinks logic is. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like I've, I've always been like, no, like you're overreacting to, mm-hmm. and like he obviously like he makes stuff that like, he, he changes his style so often. Like he's like, I'm going to make, what does he call it? Like I'll make boom bap and then I'll make a radio song, whatever he says. I don't know what, I don't know words, but like this album was just like, it's, it sounds like someone who's been trying to make an album a year for like seven straight years and should probably take a little bit more time between his albums. You know what I think that like is really disappointing about it? Hmm. Do you think that there's any shred of emotion in that album? I think the last song had some and that's why I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. The last song harkened back to like, uh, uh, like a tits era or, a. Um, yeah. The incredible that was weird. People that don't the incredible true story, yeah, um, or under pressure sort of era logic song, um, which is my favorite. Yeah, man. Like the, the the album like just really lacks like two of the biggest factors of why I like logic, and it's usually and it's uh, just the emotional resonance that he has mm-hmm. as well as his creativity. Mm-hmm. And it just, it didn't have either. Yeah, every song is just really kind of bland seeming. Nothing is connected. It's like, for someone who takes so much pride, like there's literally, making, releasing a single before the album is complete is like dropping a trailer for a movie you have yet to shoot. Like for someone who puts so much pride into the thematic, the thematic overall connection of his, his projects, this doesn't seem to have it. And like, it's, it seems like someone who made another album that released two months earlier mm-hmm. and wrote a novel at the same time right. and is trying to make a movie with JJ Abrams. Like it just seems like someone who couldn't put all of their effort into this thing. Yeah. What well, like in it. And there's like, there's like, he kept like flub ups in it. How we- it's so weird. Like, you know, I mean, he does that thing where he raps super fast and he's great at it, but there's like ones where he like noticeably messes up. And apparently it's like he like records on his tour bus and he just does it in one take and then he's done. And it's like part of his process. And he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll just keep it. Yeah. It's weird. Um, and Not that like that can't be part of your thing, but it just doesn't fit. Yeah, it's weird. Well, uh, like I think ha- releasing music with it flaws. It has to have other things yeah. with it, yeah. right? So like a good example is... Africarian, right? J. Cole's rap, mm, right? So because, good. Like when he says, when he says, Manuma. like he doesn't, I'm not, I'm not doing a thing. Like he's like supposed to be saying the N word there, yeah. but like he's just saying, Manuma. yeah. Um, but like though it's so well composed and so well written and beautiful. Like, That's one of the best a, guest verses ever, yeah. By the way, it's probably one of my favorite features, verses of all features time. ever. Um, wait a minute, I just realized something. What? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, the newest album, is his sixth album or some shit like that. Sixth okay. or seventh album. But he has a core, like, it's weird. Like, Logic has, like, a Star Wars syndrome. He has a Skywalker series syndrome. Under Pressure leads directly into The Incredible True Story, right? The Incredible True Story led directly into every, everybody. 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 Yeah. 
not Africarian, everybody, which at the end has that outro verse, but it also serves as an intro verse to his next album. This didn't have that. I didn't even think about that. So this isn't part of his core series of albums based on his own history. It's, but yeah. it does have a weird Thalia thing at the end. I don't know. It's weird. Trying to link into like the lore of Logic's art. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's weird. And like I was extra bummed because I, I was so pleasantly surprised by Supermarket. I, I liked it so much. And well, I'm, like, I think that's the thing. I think that like that emotion and that creativity just went to another venue. I just don't think that it went into this album. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I listened to it, like I literally, I turned it on. I drove to school and like by, like the halfway there I was like I want this album to be over yeah I don't want to keep listening to this yep. and I just I pushed myself through it and kept listening to the rest of yep. the album and I'm probably like I, I made a playlist with all of the new rap 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 albums that have uh, come out recently mm-hmm. fucking schoolboy Q's new album uh, the pivot gang album with how is that I haven't, listened to, I haven't listened to it yet oh. um, uh, fucking uh, Tyler I, creator I, just dropped I, a new album yeah that um, one the, that one people were excited about that I always get weirded out with those like uh, company albums, you know, like uh, Dreamville album or the Pivot, because like, or um, Good Music album. Like I approach it and I'm like, well, I really like J Cole. And there's a Dreamville album, mm-hmm. right? I don't. I like. I've heard a couple Boss songs, but I don't really know anyone else on Dreamville. Like mm-hmm. those albums are never really like. I never really seek them out. I'm never like, oh, I'm excited to listen to that. Like you say, like oh, a Pivot Gang album with Saba, and I'm like, who else is in Pivot Gang? But but that's the thing is that like like usually, I think I think you have to give a little bit more chance to like these. Well, that's the thing is like I almost never listen to new people, mm-hmm. and part of it is like the way I consume music. I I almost always listen to like albums at a time, mm-hmm. um, or I have a playlist that I've made of things I know I like, right. and I just pl- listen to that. Right. And I don't know. It's just I just don't I just don't expose myself to new music that often. There's right. just, it's like one of those things. Like you only have so much time, right? You to only have to so consume much things, and you only have so I much don't time, spend like, a lot of it listening to new music. But like, if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have listened to Saba. You know what I mean? Like you probably like. Yeah, but like, like I, why did I even listen to that album? It was like, I think it was like hyperbole. Like I saw a bunch of people be like, "This is the album of the year," and I was right. like, "I've seen so many people say that that I have to check it out." Right basically. And I, I didn't even know who Sabo was. Like, I was like, this is that dude who sings on a chance, the rapper song. Yeah. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. He's a rapper. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's like, I have to be so like overloaded with like, you will like this. This is something to listen to. Like for, for me to do it with music, it's just like a weird, yeah. for me, like I just, I look at, you know, the, the people that are on these labels, you know, like the people that uh, J. Cole is like choosing to work yeah. with and have him on a label. Like the, the people that Saba ha- chooses to have on his label. Mm-hmm. I obviously haven't listened to this album yet, but like, especially <clears throat> everybody on fucking Dreamville, dude. Boss is fucking sick, but like, uh, fucking. I love that added, song, Tribe. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but I only listened to it because J. Cole had a verse on it. Um, but th- to me, that, that can. It's such an easy way to sort of find out about a new artist. Yeah. No, I love the concept of uh, like al- label companies like that. Mm-hmm. Like, on, on one hand, I love the chance the rapper independent artist thing. I think that's great. But on the other hand, like the idea of like having it's it's uh, it's like being a sensei. It's so cool. You know what I mean? Like the idea of being like these are my chosen disciples of music. Mm-hmm. Like these are the people that I think 
represent what music should be and, and I and I believe in their time. That's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. But I just like don't I don't put enough stock in finding new artists. I'm like yeah. I like I have the people that I like listening to and it's you know, it's fine. But I don't, for, for I don't, that, I don't besmirch anyone who yeah. is suit. I think that's great. Listen to all the new music in the world. I think it's awesome. Well, I, and, and I just, I buy the like their credibility is yeah. the thing. I accept that. I accept mm-hmm. like, okay, J Cole, like, you like Earth Gang? I'm gonna listen to Earth Gang. Earth Gang's cool, but I, I only know a few songs, but I think mm-hmm. they're great. Yeah, yeah. Are they on Dreamville too? Yeah. Oh, nice. Didn't I think that. they were like one of the more recent signings. Mm, cool, 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 cool. Um. So yeah, I was just kind of it, the the, the yeah. album was dull, the Logic album. Yeah, album artwork's yeah, like, cool. Usually, the fucking beats are sick. Sykes is a fucking <laughs> Sykes. Sam Sykes is the guy that does the art, right? Oh. Is that his name? That might be completely wrong. I thought you were trying to say no. Six, six is obvi- always amazing. <laughs> six is like the most consistently great. You're trying to say six? And you said no, Sykes. no, no. Um, Logic artist. But yeah, like the fucking Red Skull thing that's like coming out yeah, of the side cool. of his head for his uh, album art, which is really cool. Um, yeah, Six's beats are obviously... He's just, always kills he's, it. He, yeah, he's never slipped up, dude. Dude's such an amazing producer. Does he work with anybody else? I don't know. I don't either. Sam Spratt. That's the artist's name. I should have saved that for a shout out. He's so good. I mean, it's only Logic's artwork, so like, I don't know what else you'd find. Yeah, but that's not much. He's just really good. I feel like that's not. <laughs> um, uh, you want to go back to B-Ball? You said you wanted to talk about the the AD stuff? Yeah. I, I, I mean, this is our first episode since the lottery. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, the lottery was on Tuesday, so it was like a couple days after. It was like the day after we released the last episode. Uh-huh. Um, oh, by the way, just lottery talk. I I will I had to say that when I saw the final four teams that had the chance of the number one pick, I wanted the Grizzlies to get it. Okay. But I didn't realize that their pick would go, I think, to the Celtics if they got number one. I didn't know that. But I wanted the Grizzlies because the idea of a Jaron Jackson Jr. Zion front court was so dope to me that I didn't even think about John Morant with J with J three because that's super dope. They mm-hmm. could be really good together. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a really good it fit. Could be, fun. It could be fun. I love the idea. That's like the it's like this sort of like next gen idea. Of Marcus on Mike Conley, and I love that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's okay. like it's like let's take the grit and grind era to 2020. Dog, you know what? Like I completely forgot that Mike Conley played at Ohio State with Greg Oden when they were fucking. They used to fucking Whoa. battle it out with uh, the UF boys, the fucking yeah, national yeah, champions, yeah. Joakim and Joakim and Al Horford, Al Horford, yeah. Uh-huh. Weird. Yeah, dude. I, because I I remember fucking Greg Oden being dude, on that team. How good was Greg Oden in college? Fucking good as shit. Fucking giant man. Not good enough though. Not good enough. <laughs> go get uh, Good enough to go number one. His knees weren't good enough, though. Very specifically. To, to, to stick around. Yeah, that's a bummer. He just graduated. That was pretty cool. I saw that. Like, went back to school. Oh, that's cool. Back to Ohio State. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, like, the implications in the league-wide NBA thing of, of the lottery is essentially, one, Mike Conley's almost guaranteed to get traded somewhere. My dream spot would probably be Indiana. Or Utah, I think those would both be cool places. Pairing him with Oladipo or with Donovan Mitchell would be really fun. Um, like Indiana could also give them like Demontis Sabonis or something. If like they want to get rid of one of their big dudes, either yeah. Sabonis or Miles Turner, yeah, yeah. You see, Sabonis is one of the finalists for a six man. 
Uh, with the two yeah. Clippers, yeah. with with Trez and Lou Will, mm-hmm. Lou Will's gonna win again. Like he's like the king of being six man, <laughs> like six man like Lou Will. Um, uh, but yeah, so like Mike Conley's gonna get traded, but the Anthony Davis thing, they David Griffin, the new president of basketball operations, and the new GM they just hired like yesterday, the dude from the Nets, they're like committed to trying to get him to stay, which I think is honorable. Honorable goal. Mm-hmm. Good for you, David Griffin. Mm-hmm. You have an MVP candidate on your team and you don't want to let him go. I That's great. Good for you. But if we are under the assumption that the, the bridge is burned, right? Most likely. What would we like to see happen? Well, or what? what's, what's feasible? The number, the most ob- obvious options are the Celtics, the Lakers, the Clippers. I don't really know who else. I feel like there's another big one. Oh, the Knicks. And then, you know, somebody could pop out of nowhere with crazy offers. I don't know right. who. Who do you think has the best chance of making that happen? Ignoring the fact that there's a report that the owner said that she would trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers over her dead body. That is apparently untrue, but it's mm-hmm. also hysterical. Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if I were the Pelicans... Um, I th- I, there's all, a, a lot of factors here, obviously, like depending on what the Celtics are willing to give up. But I think one of the probably one of the biggest what if factors is Brandon Ingram's health. Um, yeah, apparently think, he's fine. Apparently he won't have issues with blood clot stuff. It was like a random yeah thing. I saw because that was the same I saw thing a report that ended Chris Bosh's career, right? Yes, but Chris Bosh has like a blood thing, like an issue with his blood, and Brandon Ingram doesn't have that from what so I it's just, saw. It's not the same, just yeah. kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah. All right. It was like a freak know. thing that happened to him. Right. Um, if that Pray is... Pray for him blood clots. <laughs> uh, I think if that is the case, um, and the Celtics aren't willing to give me Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown... Jalen Brown then I'm probably going to give the edge to the Lakers. Do you think that the Celtics offering Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and like 22 or 14 or whatever the other one they, they could have, legit the like one. offer them like four first round picks? That's true because they have so many future first round picks. They have three first round picks this yeah, year. Yeah, but d- miss me with the post 20s. Miss me with them. They don't. Yeah. I don't care about them. You don't care about them. No. If I'm the Pelicans, I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, like you'd but rather, if you you'd say, hey, we've got you know Memphis's first-round pick next year, mm. you can entice me because there's a good chance Memphis is in the lottery. And as we know now, that could mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or like uh, if they're in the top six, right, that following year you have uh, an unprotected first-round yeah, exactly. pick from, from yeah, Memphis. Exactly. And they're still probably not going to be that good yet. They'll be like pretty good. You like, you know. 12 odds but then like maybe something freaky happens and you get a high pipe yeah you know you never know but um <clears throat> like to me what the Knicks have to offer you is Mitchell maybe Dennis Smith Jr. who I would think is probably more I know you love Frank Nilakina. obviously he's but a like prospect. Dennis Smith Jr. is more coveted obviously he's easily. a better prospect yeah. like I'm, I'm not going to yeah I'm not gonna let my uh, your weird random love of love Frankie Frank smokes. Nilekina. I don't understand where it came from or what it is, but you have it. It's just because he's long. That's why well, no, you no, no, love no. long he's, boys. He's a, he has a fucking really. <laughs> cool. If you like Giannis's personality, you would like Frank Nielkina. These Europeans do. They're cute. <laughs> well, like it, it's the way. Like so, 
when that whole uh, uh, LeBron fiasco happened between him and his canter and LeBron, uh, like you, you got to see two sides of Frankie that I just really enjoyed. One was the side on the court when he literally like pushed LeBron out of the way. Oh yeah, I remember that. To get to the and people were like, "Get this scrub out of here." <laughs> well, but, well, well, the thing was, like, I was like, "This dude is standing up for himself." No, yeah, I yeah, like that's great. That. It's great. You know, like, I, I, I like that kind of grit. Um, and that's something that Giannis would do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's not gonna let Yo, Giannis. Go way. Giannis is very much take no prisoners. Oh, yeah, that yeah. dude is hardcore mm-hmm. on the court. Like, he's one of those dudes like within the lines. He's a different person. <laughs> but, at, at, <clears throat> but like when it pivoted to like off the court right he was being interviewed like mm-hmm. all of these cameras in his face and he was so doe-eyed <laughs> in his reaction to like, like what is all this attention to, like 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 you're, like you're in a beef with lebron like how do you feel about it? and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm french dude i don't know <laughs> like he just it, it didn't he was yeah. just like no like he, he was in my way yeah you know? i like, just was like, like no that. And uh, obviously, Ennis Cantor was talking shit like, like, oh, he's not, he's not. Cantor's always stands up for his boys. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, um, dude. There's an amazing Greek commercial starring Giannis and his brother. Um, which brother is it? I can't remember. He's got like four brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a milk commercial, and it's like this soup. It's like beautifully shot. There's like really cool. There's a point where. There's, so there's two kids playing young Giannis and young Giannis's brother. And it's them talking. He's like, oh, you want to play? But dunks only. And then he's like, drink some milk or something. Or like, you play for the milk, something like that. But then there's just like these montages of them like training, like young them and modern them and current them. And there's a shot of young Giannis with this dark lighting when there's like one light behind him and there's his shadow is on the ground and he holds his arms out and the shadow becomes the Bucks logo and it's awesome. It's such a cool <laughs> shot. I was like, that's... Does like there's no there's like how do you have such a cool shot in a Greek milk commercial? I couldn't believe it. It's great. That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so the implications on on the lottery. So the Knicks can offer you Dennis Mitchell, Dennis Smith Jr. His name's not Dennis Mitchell. It's Mitch, Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson. Robinson. There you go. Dennis Mitchell is somebody. That's a real person. I don't know who it is though. I don't know. Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr. And essentially R.J. Barrett. Right? Yeah. So, like, to me, it's enticing. The idea of keeping Zion and RJ together is, like, kind of cool. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's like cool, but do they fit well in the NBA is a long-term issue, right? True. But a Zion-Mitchell Robinson frontcourt could be a lot of fun. Blocks on blocks on blocks. Take a flyer on Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Maybe. I think they'd have to throw in more than that for the Knicks. So you would prefer that over the Lakers? No, I'm just going through the options. Okay. I think the Lakers have the best option. If I'm the Clippers, I'm not doing it. I think the Lakers have the, like, I think the thing that pushed them over the top was getting the fourth over. If I'm the Clippers, I'm not doing it. I I took two games from the Warriors without a superstar, and I'm probably going to get one in this offseason. And I have the cap space to do it. And it's maybe it's not Kawhi, maybe it is, but I'm going to get somebody to help us get even better. And it's going to be most likely post KD era warriors. So like shit's on, you know what I mean? The Clippers can feel like they've got a shot. Well, I, I think the thing is like, even if they don't get anyone, like the team that they had this year was so young. But I also- feel like long-term giving up Toby and Boban will hurt them in a longer season. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Especially really with like Danilo SGA. Gallinari's health problems. He's always hurt. And he's their best player. 
I mean, I think SGA and Landry Shamit are. The oh no, I think they're going to grow the great, but the they rely their team relies heavily on Danilo Gallinari scoring and Lou Will and Montrez as a pick and roll off the bench. That's like their heart and soul. Um, but the Lakers can give you. If I'm the Lakers, dude, I'm in full fuck it mode. I'm going to give you Lonzo Ball. I'm going to give you Kyle Kuzma. I'm going to give you the number four pick, which you can get RJ Culver. You can get, I'm sorry, Jarrett Culver or RJ Hunter or somebody. I don't know who else is around there. I don't, uh, Romeo Langford is another dude. Is he later? Uh, he's, I'm yeah, you're not, you're, you're not going to draft him. Yeah, there's another guard. There's the another guard there, there, right? Darius Garland. Garland, that's his name. Yeah, so there's, you know, you got options there. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, I feel like, R.J. Hunter seems like the kind of guy who could play with LeBron. Is his name R.J. Hunter? I think so. The guy from Virginia? Is his name R.J. Hunter? Something like that. I got you. Yeah. Oh, look at um, that. You've got pages yeah, open of like, prospects. But no, that's um, one and done shit. I'm, that's my persuasive speech that I'm doing. Mm. It's getting, uh, it's abolishing the one and done rule in college basketball. Um, no, it's not R.J. Hunter. It's something Hunter. Just, yeah, look at, uh, I'm like, just look up a mock draft. Something Hunter. I forgot the fucking first name. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I'm I'm like, I'm gonna give you the fourth pick. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you Lonzo for sure. I'm gonna give you Lonzo. I'm gonna give you probably Kyle Kuzma. I don't like the the thing is like if I'm the Lakers, I'm probably okay with giving you all three of them. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma, and the fourth pick. I'm probably okay with that because it's going to get me Anthony Davis, which we roll out with LeBron and AD, and we're already halfway, more than halfway there to being title contenders. Right. And then you have enough cap room to bring in somebody else, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, somebody. You can fit somebody in there. To me, that is where the Lakers based on their current the the problem with the Lakers is they uh DeAndre Hunter yeah they um when they signed LeBron they gave up their timetable with the young guys right and i think that i think that Brandon Ingram is a good player i think that Kyle Kuzma is a really good like if you brought Kyle Kuzma off the bench he could be a really good six man i think Lonzo can be a good player I don't think Lonzo's a bust. I think Lonzo is, a, like, at his floor right now is a solid role player. And if if he ends up being, like, your backup point guard, that's fine. But I think he can be better than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that he is better. Yeah, I think he's better than that. I like it. I'm, Plus, I'm like, Lonzo, a Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball backcourt is nasty defensively. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. And you put behind that uh, RJ and Brandon Ingram and... Uh, you know, whatever wing you draft. They're not going to have RJ. Not RJ. Zion. Zion and Brandon Ingram. Brandon so, Ingram. so many names. Right. And Zion then whoever and you do with the fourth pick, whether who, it's Cam Reddish or Hunter. Or, or, or a big, if you want to start a center instead of Zion at five. Like, you know. And then you then you have Kyle Kuzma off the bench and whoever you draft, who's probably a wing player. You have a good young core if you're the Pelicans. Like, don't let some petty-ass revenge tour with the Lakers stop you from having a very quick young core. Mm-hmm. The only... And super exciting. Too. Yeah. That's a fun yeah. team. The only like debate that I've heard against choosing the Lakers over um, 
like I think the Knicks are kind of the bigger one and kind of the Celtics, but not as much, is that you have to pay the Lakers guys sooner. Mm-hmm. So you don't have as much time. I think you have like two years to figure out if you're going to pay Brandon Ingram big mm-hmm. money or not. Right. And whether he's going to be worth it. But like it also seems like Brandon Ingram is like the, the level of caliber of player that you can sign him to like the Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow deal, that three-year $30 million thing where you keep all the rights and – you're like, okay, when you're 27 or 26 or whatever, then we'll give you the, if you're still around, if we still think you're great, then we give you that five-year Supermax if, mm-hmm. if you've panned out. It's just like, I feel like the Lakers have the best thing they can give back to the Pelicans. I would agree with you. I'd feel bad for Kyle Kuzma because he wore the hand of the kingpin <laughs> to the draft lawyer, which is a hysterical joke and really cool, but... You're very clearly not LeBron's hand. Well, like, <laughs> and you have to be referring to LeBron. His like, nickname it's like is the simultaneously King. Simultaneously, like, cool. Oh, he's the hand of the King. That's like, it's it's funny. Like, it, it, it's topical. It's topical. Always. But it's, it's a very good prop. Very well like, made. Do you feel like it's like kind of bitchy? Like, <laughs> uh, you have bias, sir. You hate Kyle Kuzma because you're an Orlando Magic fan. I don't actually hate Kyle Kuzma. I no, but like meme wise, you hate him for the memes. Yeah, I hate him for the meme. Sure, but. I think, I, th- the I think it was that, a, I think it was a bold choice is the, what I think. The, the his decision to wear the pin was a bold choice. Yeah, I would yeah, agree with bold. That. Like you're claiming yourself to be LeBron's hand. You're not. Yeah. If anyone on the Lakers is LeBron's hand, though, who is it? Well, wouldn't he, like Rich Paul be his hand? In real life, yes. But if you have to pick someone part of the Lakers on the, organization, on the roster, yeah. <clears throat> Rondo. <laughs> is there a Play, single Lance player? Stevenson. He, Waylon and Stevenson always whispering Stevenson. stuff into his ear, dude. So <laughs> those dudes aren't going to be back there next year. Rondo and, and Lance. Nah, no way. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think it's going to be a really fun off season where all these there's so many dudes that can move. So many. Zach will give me a little little hope. He's doing. He had a. I forget who the guest was, but they were talking about off season stuff, and he was like. And we have to, we like he was like we can't go through this without mentioning Pat Riley because you know he's gonna try to do something because he always tries to do something and I was like yep he'll try to do something <laughs> probably it might not work uh, we don't have cap room but he'll try to do something sign and trade yeah. something weird yeah um was there another basketball thing that I care well the 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 playoffs are happening my Blazers dude come on. Stop oh. collapsing in the third quarter. <laughs> well, fucking Dame Willard's fucking lung is collapsing. Apparently his rib is cracked Did, you, and did shit. you watch the video of what happened? When I saw that in the game, I thought he was hurt. Oh, okay. I was like, that looks bad. Like, that dude fell on him in a bad way. Like, yeah. But then he kept playing and seemed fine. So I mean, he's just tough as shit. Yeah. But like so many of their dudes are playing through injury. They're, no matter how tough you are, dude, like it's yeah. such a, like, a precise oh, yeah. game. And yeah. like, his, like his game. His like, game specifically. That's why, that's why like I think there's like a... Like when people talk about shooting and like the importance of like these guard plays and mm-hmm. small ball and stuff like that, like there are downsides like that that I don't I don't think or talk about and talked about enough mm-hmm. is like the the preciseness of that. Like someone like Giannis isn't going to be as impacted by a finger injury as someone like Steph Curry, mm-hmm. right? Because their game is different. Mm-hmm. Like Giannis's game isn't as precise. It's very like, violent. It, well, it's just he, like he's going to get to the basket. It's more. It's more consistent mm-hmm. in, in that sense to where like he doesn't have to have like a very precise shot. They played great Deion Giannis today. Um, so like he only had, like fourteen points. His his 
um, that the, the outcome of his caliber or caliber of player isn't as determined by like if he gets an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't think that's talked about enough. Mm-hmm. That's why. Like when people were like, I don't know. Like people the, have always kind of talked about Steph about how fragile he is, though, yeah. and that being a sort of a knock against him as. It's weird. Like, if you're gonna have an a, a conversation about where Steph lies, on an all time list of players, being like, his ankles get hurt, mm-hmm. is like a weak take. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is weird. I think in terms of like team building and thinking about like what style you want to play. Like, mm-hmm. can you be worried that Trey Young will hold up? Sure. Mm-hmm. It was just something that I thought of, especially yeah. like when when people were talking about Steph's finger injury for mm-hmm. like, uh, was it last playoffs? Dude, they were talking about early. his finger injury last round, and they like forgot his ankle was also hurt. Mm-hmm. He pray for them ankles, man. Yeah. He's balling right now. He's going. But when people crazy. were like, 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 oh, stop making excuses for like, like fucking uh, uh, Van Gundy was saying that. I'm mm-hmm. like, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. It's a reason for why yeah. he's playing bad. Yeah. Now he's popping off though. Going nuts. Yeah. Him and Draymond going crazy. Mm-hmm. Dude. Draymond's a beast. Dude, I if dude Draymond gets a lot of hate. Like he's a great player, dude. He's a great player. He's a great like player. fucking like he, he just consistently like he when 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 Steph wasn't necessarily playing well in uh in game three, like the fucking the Blazers were once again like up by like nineteen or whatever big, at whatever yeah. point. He was the one that was consistently getting a rebound, mm-hmm. driving the ball, making really good passes, just really fucking high IQ basketball that was just so consistent from him. Yeah, man. And I loved watching Did you know he's lost twenty five pounds? Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. Like since the All Star break or something, yeah. he dropped. Tw- they literally coast. Him and Andre Iguodala literally coast through the the regular season. Like Draymond is on record as saying, "I don't care about eighty two game players. I care about 60 sixteen two. game players, uh-huh. dudes that can get me sixteen wins in the playoffs." It's crazy, and then it works. Like people are always like, "Oh, I don't know if they can turn on the switch." Blah blah blah. Look at Draymond right now. Look at the defense Andre Iguodala plays in the playoffs. James Harden, Dame Lillard. He'll guard anybody. He doesn't care. He's so good. He's like 30 billion years old. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't watch today, right? The Raptors-Bucks game? No. Giannis had 20 rebounds. Jesus. He only had like 14 points though. Uh, They played really good defense. They were walling him very well. That's series 2-1, right? 2-1 now because the Raptors won in double overtime today. Um, I thought the Bucks were going to take it. They they led 2-0 and then they didn't lead again. Until the first overtime. Oh, damn. Yeah. So they like surged back in the fourth and almost stole it the first game in Toronto. I think this might be a gentleman's sweep. Think so? Mm-hmm. Because like even on a game where Giannis has a bad game and you're up big. Um, in Toronto. in At home. You have to go to double overtime to get the dub. You know what I mean? And like I don't see Giannis having another game like that. He had one bad game against Celtics, and then what did he do? Slaughtered them for four games. Now, they have Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam sort of switching around on him, playing defense. <clears throat> it's interesting to see the length of the Bucks bother Kawhi a little bit more. Like, he's not shooting as god. Like, I don't know if anyone could keep shooting as well as he was, but, like, he's clearly not as efficient with the length of the Bucks. And a lot of it is Chris Middleton guarding him. Mm-hmm. They put Middleton on him a lot. Yeah. And Giannis well, guards Siakam. Yeah, like even when their second units is like mm-hmm. out there, they have Malcolm Brogdon. I was just him. about, dude. Malcolm Brogdon is so good. Mm-hmm. He's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Defense, 
running the point, shooting, scoring around the bat. Like he's just so consistently good yeah, at all the things. I was like, well, today I was just like, he, uh, Giannis fouled out, and then Chris Middleton got his fifth foul, and they were like, all right, Brogdon, you've got to take Kawhi, and he was like, I got this. Playing great defense on Kawhi, it's so impressive, and he mm-hmm. just came back from injury. Yeah, Super player. impressive player. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we're probably going to end up with a, a Warriors-Bucks final. And I'm ex- I think that's going to be fun. Like, seeing Draymond level of defense against Giannis for a whole series. Because he's going to be the primary defender on Giannis for sure. Unless they want to do the bit where they put, like, they might put Kevon Looney on him sometimes. Just because that's what teams do. They sometimes put their center on him. Um, but it's going to be interesting. We're not there yet, though. Come on, Blazers. Come back. It's my squad. <sighs> you got anything else? Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I meant to bring this up last week. Uh, oh, there's another NBA thing. I forgot. Cavs hired a, a, a mummy to be their coach. I just think it's funny. A mummy? He's 60 billion years old. They're John John Beeline, the Michigan coach. It's now the head coach of the Cavs. I just think the same it's, age as Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I mean, Andre Iguodala were both around when the dinosaurs were around. <laughs> I just think it's like kind of weird that a team who is really bad and young and stuff like that is going to hire like a super old dude who's never coached in the NBA before. Yeah. It's weird. But then they hired JB Biggerstaff today to be his like head assistant, and it's very clearly seems like a sort of bridge thing where they're like, when he wants to die. Then you take over, but I don't know. I don't know about, enough about coaching. I just think it's interesting that they hired a super old dude who'd never coached the NBA. But in his defense, he's been really good at every level he's ever coached at. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see. So anyway. I wanted to I wanted to bring this up. I, I wanted to bring this up last week. Completely forgot about mm-hmm. it. So you heard about this uh, Ben Askren Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The grapple wrestling, the yeah. grapple thing. Yeah. So th- th- I just saw another one today. Uh, George Masvidal and some and Anthony Pettis maybe are going to do one. Yeah. In like Pensacola, Florida. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like it was basically just a Russian wrestling match. Yeah. That's all it was. Um, it wasn't jujitsu. It was wrestling. Yeah, it was wrestling. Okay. Um. Uh. Fucking. Didn't yeah, Jordan destroy grapple, him? Grapple of the Garden. Jordan Burroughs won uh, 11 and nothing. Holy shit. Uh, he's so good at wrestling. <laughs> he's fucking incredible. He's amazing. He's the fucking Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. He's fucking incredible. But wasn't um, Ben Askren also a really good wrestler? He was an Olympic team alternate. Okay. Um, Yo, the level, the levels to that shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah there's levels to this <laughs> shit. Um, no, but... It's like, I'm an MVP level player. And I'm an all-star. So I wanted to bring that up. It, like, it was just like uh, mm-hmm. an interesting match. And like you, you get Did to you see watch like it? the uh, No, I, I watched the, like some of the highlights mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he had a fucking nasty. Like Jordan Burroughs is known for like having really just violent double legs on people. Like cool. his blast double is just so fucking I love aggressive. the term blast double. I think it's so cool. It's and this dude like you've seen Jordan, Jordan yeah, Burroughs before. For those that don't know who Jordan Burroughs is, I mean, he is like an Olympic level, like in, in the highest. He looks like a he looks like a Greek sculpture. Exactly, yeah. uh, fucking incredibly uh, lean and cut. Yeah, and but built, but just a peak level athlete, yeah. right? Um, in a sport where fucking like peak level athletes are fucking everywhere. There's a myriad yeah. of them, right? Yeah. And he's just that much a little bit the, higher. The peak of the peak. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, and fucking uh, Ben Askren is not like that. No, really. no. Like he's, he's they call him kinda, funky for a reason. He's kind of he's, he's, he's doughy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's one sandwich away from being fat, as Drax would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the really cool thing about it was that like they got to, there, there was no bad blood between these guys, and a lot mm-hmm. of people were like talking like shit about like like oh like why does ben every Askren? combat thing need to have this bad blood? Backdrop. I have no it's idea. It's unnecessary, I have dude. No idea. But like, people are a. I think a lot of people misunderstand who Ben Askren is. Yeah, he's just I think a, a lot of people think, shit think that he's like Colby Covington, and he's no, not. No, he's just um, a weirdo. Well, he's a good guy. Yeah, is the thing. He's like a really good guy. Um, but uh, I watched their interview uh, after the the match, and it was it was kind of funny because it started off with them just uh, interviewing Jordan Burroughs and he still had like sweat on his body mm-hmm. like he was like drying himself off like as I started this interview and he's like catching his breath and shit um, and he, he starts talking about the match and then he like he's like Ben come over here like we'll, we'll do this together and uh, they, they both just step in front of the camera and what starts off as like a Jordan Burroughs interview like becomes them just talking to each other about wrestling and about like why they did it. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so like they, they just like face start, like start facing each other and like, they're like, man, we're I'm just really glad that, you know, we were able to do this for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, that because, um, it was just really big for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like drawed a lot of attention and they were talking about Jordan Burroughs was talking about, um, how, uh, you know, he, he, he looks up to, you know, guys like Ben and I think he brought up, uh, Henry Cejudo, um, uh, and, and, and all of these MMA guys that, you know, like are sort of bringing a lot of attention to, to wrestling. wrestling. Daniel right? Cormier, I would guess. And then, uh, yeah. And then they, they were both, uh, started like talking about the match itself mm-hmm. and Ben, Ben Askren was like, look, I, I knew I was going to come in here and get and lose, but I yeah. thought I was going to get like one takedown <laughs> and then like they started and, uh, fucking, um, Jordan Burroughs was like, like w- they started talking about the sport of wrestling, mm-hmm. which I started fucking loving. Like the, the, the things that <clears throat> they were both thinking about uh, and how they were approaching the match. Um, and Jordan Burroughs was like, see what you should have done was like, like I wanted to stay out. I want to stay like away from you. Um, so that I could like utilize my speed and my fucking blast mm-hmm. double and shit. So I can just like fucking plow through you. You shouldn't have given me that space. You should have like just gradually kept pressuring, yeah, me, yeah, kept yeah. pressuring me and like, it would have been more your game. Um, like, and then, but like Ben Askren started like talking shit. Cause he was like, yeah, but you're also really good in there too. So. <laughs> and then, and then Jordan Burroughs was like, uh, well then what was your plan? And he was like, I was going to choke you out. <laughs> Askren was like, like, yeah, I was just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put you in a guillotine. Yeah. And I'm gonna choke you out. Yeah. That's that's the plan. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, and then they started talking about um, about the UFC and uh, Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs has become the apple of Dana's eye, apparently. So, um, and the thing is, like, he brought up. So Jordan was like, Ben, how long have you been training for MMA? And Ben was like, about nine years. And uh, I think Jordan said something along the lines of like, do you think that I could do He's that? like already in his thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Ben was like, the, the first thing that he said was, I don't think that you want to do it. Mm. I don't think that you want to train for nine years. And, ben, and Jordan Burroughs was like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> He's like, I don't like I, so probably not going to happen. Um, yeah. They started talking a little bit about like, like hit the uh, possibilities of going into the UFC. And like, like you said, 
he's obviously a fucking incredible athlete mm-hmm. and widely regarded as the the best base for MMA. Yeah. Um so it would be it would be super fun. It's weird though like yes, arguably the best base for MMA, but that's like kind of the 5 to 10 years ago version of the UFC. When we're now in an era where the people who come into MMA have always just trained MMA. They've always trained everything. The sort of the new era of fighter. I'm not saying there's not specialists and guys that are better at certain things, but more and more fighters come in now and they're they've been training to do everything the whole time. Which is interesting. Yeah. You if you're almost, going to single out specific yeah. disciplines, it's the yeah. best base. Yeah. Just because you can control the the pace and the place of a fight. But yeah, but it's not just that, but like like the huge advantage that something like wrestling has over something like jujitsu is just the the way that they train is incredibly That's different. That's true. Um like there is uh, an aggression that mm-hmm. that a, a wrestling brings along with it, like the the fact that how you cut weight, uh how you train, fucking mm-hmm. the 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 kind of mentality that you have to have in wrestling is very different from that of jujitsu. Did you see there's another fight announcement this week? Uh, I don't think so. Holloway, Frankie. Yes, finally I did happening. See that. I finally did see happening. That. Finally happening. I, I do don't think, think that it's gonna be in Hawaii. Fucking let that dude fight in Hawaii. He's never fought in Hawaii. Never. Let him fight in Hawaii. Did what he? are you doing? I'm just glad he's moving back down to his his turf. I was bummed seeing him get uh zonked out moving up mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know if he's got the power to move up mm-hmm. on a consistent basis like that um, yeah want to do shout outs uh, yeah we can you want me to go first yes please I'm going to shout out a television show and I'm shouting out this television show because it's on the bubble and I'm mad about it may or may not get renewed for it's third season okay it's a show called AP Bio I don't know if you've heard of it no Everybody was part of NBC's uh, comedy block, which is underrated. They have a good comedy block. The problem is that remember in like the golden days of The Office and Parks and Rec and uh, Thirty Rock, like they, the, the NBC had this like god of a of a comedy block. They did. I think it was Tuesday nights, if I remember correctly. Now they have Superstore, very good. Uh, AP Bio is on there. Brooklyn Nine Nine is now on there, and they have The Good Place. The problem is. They have this great comedy block and it's like scattered. Like the good place ended like two months ago and then AP Bio has only been on there for like since then. So this weird like scattering of the way they do their shows, if they just went back to that old school, here's two hours of really good comedy, that would be awesome. Not that I watch them live anyway, I just watch them on Hulu. But like <laughs> just the idea of like, you know, keeping a consistent release schedule of things. So this show, AP Bio, I will just read you the synopsis for it. A former philosophy professor who takes a job teaching AP Biology uses his students to get back at the people in his life who have wronged him. He is played by uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, is uh, that... Okay. Yeah, that dude. Um, Co-star Patton Oswalt, who plays the principal. Okay. Now, the first season of the show is interesting. So, like, when I first saw the trailer for the show, I was like, that looks funny and interesting. I'll check it out. And I went into it obviously thinking this is going to be this type of show where like a cranky, upset adult meets a bunch of kids and they like, you know, he's like, he sees the beauty in life. He learns from the kids as much as they learn from him kind of thing. Very first scene, one of the first scenes is literally him rolling up in there and being like, I'm not going to learn shit from you. <laughs> like He's like, no, this isn't going to be that kind of thing. And like literally every episode, it's, he walks into the classroom, he says, start shutting up. 
And then he's like, here's how we're going to get revenge on so-and-so person. And it's like these super ridiculous plans that he goes through. And like he hates living in Toledo. But the thing they've done in season two, which has made the show infinitely better, is they've leaned into their supporting cast a lot. So the, the teachers he works with are really funny. And the kids are amazing. They're so good. They're super funny. Um, yeah, there's, it's, there's, there's not a ton. There's, there's one and a half seasons essentially right now. And I think season one is only like 13 episodes. It's on Hulu. It's really funny. It's not kind of, it, it is and isn't what you expect it to be at the same time in, in a very good way. Does that make sense? It like is that show where the kids he learns from the but, but it like not. it takes way longer for that to start happening than you think and it happens in a very organic way to the show and I think it's really good. So AP Bio is my shout out. Okay, dope. I am going to double up on uh, philosophy resources. Back to back weeks. Uh, last week I brought up Western Philosophers, an app that you can find in a fucking app store. Um, this week I, I brought this. Um, podcast up while i was oh, discussing yeah. you the said app. it's called philosophize this yeah you were like philosophize this like, you could use that as a shout out and you're like yeah i will mm-hmm. and now you're doing it and now i'm doing it uh so philosophize this uh is just a fucking really good philosophy podcast um and the the good thing is like you can just start from the very beginning of the podcast and he takes you all the way through like chronologically through different philosophers and their mm, ideas. Interesting. Um, who is the, who is philosophizing these? Uh, I think his name is Stephen West. I think that's very his name. basic white name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, he's very knowledgeable, very like kind of dorky too. Like he has like a lot of just like, weird. Is this one of those? I'm a up? dude and I'm doing a podcast and it's just me and I'm just giving you information. Yeah. Like Dan Carlin. That's that guy's yeah. name, right? Yeah. The history guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, pretty similar to that. That seems so hard. Yeah, well, you can tell that his, stuff like is, we suck at this. How does somebody do it by themselves? Yeah. Well, you can tell that his stuff is scripted, mm-hmm. you know, like he's very much giving, uh, he's, it's almost like he's reading an essay, but like as he's going, like the, the first few beginning episodes kind of robotic in the way that he's delivering his lines but he and gets stuff better. like that. He gets a lot better. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. Philosophize this. Wow. So much shorter than the last one. <laughs> There's not as much. Yeah. There's not as much to detail to it. Yeah. It's just, it's a podcast. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. Philosophize this with Stephen West. I think I think that's his name. Bill West. That one, no, it's definitely not. Jay no. West. I don't know. Where what are other basic names? John Wait, West. Kanye West. Is that someone? <clears throat> yes. That is someone. Or is it something? I don't know. Well, that's Kanye, Kanye West is an idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. A good way to save yourself there. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can see why that was bad. <laughs> Didn't think about that at the moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, philosophize this and AP bio, check them out. They good. Um, so this Thursday will be our game of Thrones episode where we talk about game of Thrones. The entirety. We go through every single episode. We should have, we didn't do that, but we should have said, all right, we're on one minute per episode. Go. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Be too hard. Anyway, we talk about Game of Thrones. Pretty popular show, if you've heard of it. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe maybe you've seen it. I don't know. Uh, I certainly haven't, so I had to talk about it without ever seeing it. 
I'm stuck in a loop of a bad bit and I can't get out. Yeah. It's just, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I anyway. wish there was like some type yeah. of fucking like, like <laughs> rope I could throw you here, man. Um, all right. Yeah. Find us on the socials, um, and hit up us, hit us up on our poll on Twitter and on Facebook to do our spoiler episode, not for this week, but for next week, we will be seeing either John Wick chapter three, Parabellum or book smart, the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde. Um, yeah, the, Poll can be found on Facebook at The Chris and Kyle Show or on Twitter, TKX Pod. The Chris and Kyle Show can be found on all other places, Instagram, YouTube, all podcasting platforms. Hit us up, like, share, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Find Chris, chrismichaelstott.com for his scripts. Chris Michael Stott on Instagram. Find me, DavinWell25 on Twitter and Instagram. It's been fun. We out. We out. Stay weird. <laughs>